Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. Ooh, ooh, some uh, frog in your throat uh, effect you put on that one. That was that wasn't the intention. I didn't want it to be as full bodied, you know, maybe a little bit more of a head voice. Mm-hmm. Sure, a head voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought it was. Oh, uh, we got breaking news. What's we going got on? Breaking news. Dun 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 dun. Indiana's going to sell beer at basketball games this year. Whoa. I mean, are we coming into the 21st century or what? Kicking and screaming, but I got to say, this is only going to help the home court advantage. Yeah, I mean, I'm mixed on this one because, of course, they should be selling beer. Of course, right? It's just if people want beer, they're adults, they can have beer. That said, there's a lot of morons. And what they don't need is something to affect their mental capabilities. Well, but here's what you need to understand as a as a teetotaler that those who imbibe, particularly for athletic events, are not solely dependent on what goes on inside the arena to get stupid. Often, as in the case of, say, some fraternity brothers of mine coming back to a game a few years ago, drank so much before entering that one of them actually threw up and passed out on themselves sitting inside assembly hall. There's, there's photographic evidence of this. Let's get that guy more beer once he gets inside assembly hall. But that's the thing, right? For this to work and not to go off the tracks in a bad way is whoever's selling the beer at assembly hall has to make that judgment call. Hmm. Well, let's see if they do. But good news for all you drinkers out there. Beer only, it appears, will be sold at men's and women's games, cutting it off 10 minutes left in the second half for men's games. And I believe at the end of the third quarter for women's games or something like that. I just think that the rowdiness of the Hoosier Nation will will go a notch higher. Inevitably, people are going to be even looser, even angrier, even happier. (laughs) Yeah, hard to imagine being more extreme than what it is. I mean, I was with my roommate who almost took a header off the balcony when Bob Knight ran across the court and almost knocked out Ted Valentine. And that was because he was drunk going into the game. Yeah. And then took the better part of that game to sober up. And that's (laughs) what he did sobering up. So, hey, drink responsibly, everybody. Uh, 
And you think- definitely don't drink if you are ever going to get behind the wheel of a car because we are powered by communitycars.com you see how I work that into a pro-social message there? Do you think they'll appreciate that? Oh, for sure. For sure. No car dealer wants to be associated with drinking and driving. Well, what about the movement to not drink and drive? Uh, excuse me? Like, like you'd, you'd want to be associated with that? Yeah, you'd want to be associated with the movement to not drink and drive. Right, yeah, no, that's that's what I'm saying. You're just saying it in the, the I guess, yeah. the, the negative instead of the positive or vice versa. What would be the positive of don't drink well, and drive? Well, because it's like, you know, if you go for the double negative, like don't, don't drink and drive. Well, that would be do drink and drive. No, do, do not drink and drive. bottom line buy your car from community cars you can buy the car drunk if you want you can drink a couple they they won't take advantage of you you can show them they're sauced and they're not going to take advantage of you by far the worst plug we've ever done for them (laughs) by far good people they support indiana athletics across the sports they support nil in a major way they obviously support the hoosier hysterics but they're good people that have been part of the community for a very long time they continue to do good work they represent the community well they employ a lot of people within the community and we know anecdotally from many people who have listened to this and then gone and bought their car from them they've had the best experience whether it be going into a dealership and working with somebody calling them doing it online that's how that's where, that's why you want to use communitycars.com. You know, the thing about drinking and buying stuff, I guess people do that a lot online. And because at communitycars.com, you can buy your car online. I wonder if there's some sort of safeguarded place for that. Somebody just orders like 17 different cars one night at like two in the morning. Is there a red flag in the system that says, whoa, maybe, maybe call this person. I love the idea that like somebody does it so drunk. And then three months later, one of those car movers pulls up to their driveway (laughs) and just unloads all the cars. (laughs) Takes off, throws the keys. Hey, um, listen, we got a lot to discuss. As you can see, Ward, I'm wearing my football Jersey today. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, you are. Because we are, Jesus, yeah, right there? Yeah, keep talking. You're good at that. We are going to uh, be doing a bit of a football episode, fun episode today, but why not? The 3-0 and undefeated Indiana Hoosiers, uh, top of the standings in the Big Ten, top of the standings in the country because we're undefeated. Oh, yeah. Uh, another game that, let's be honest, it was harrowing and it shouldn't have been that close, but they are finding ways to win. I do have a story about this specific game that I think you will enjoy. Okay. As you know, my body has been falling apart. Well, for the better part of a decade, but the fantasy camp exacerbated everything. Mm -hmm. And I've been in bad shape since, including both shoulders that just seem to not work anymore. So I've been going through this long process of, getting it uh, an MRI approved by the insurance company. 
And because the doctor submitted for both shoulder MRIs, which is not common. Sure. I can't imagine it is. The insurance company has declined it like multiple times. So finally we appealed it and they approved the right shoulder, but not the left. Cause you're right-handed and that's who knows essential. why, honestly, who knows why? So I had to pay for the left shoulder. Cause the truth is the left shoulder is hurting more than the right shoulder. Nonsense. But the only time I could get an appointment was on Saturday. Okay. At 1245. Now I thought mm. that's three hours and 45 minutes after kickoff. That should be fine, but it wasn't fine, mm. as you can imagine. Mm. So I'm watching the game as I drive to the MRI facility. I'm thinking, like, just let's end this quickly. And, of course, they miss the field goal, and we go into overtime. And as we go into overtime is when the woman says, sir, you have to put away all of your electronics. Like, you'll <laughs> kill yourself if you take the electronics <laughs> into the MRI machine. And I said to her, Listen, I need this game badly. We need this as a people. And I can't not know being in that MRI for about an hour and 20 minutes because oh, both shoulders. It's hard I enough to sit still in there. It, I, th this is all part of the story. I said to her, I'm going to hand you my phone with the game on as you give me updates throughout because, you know, they talk to you. I need you to tell me what's going on in the game. <laughs> and she looked at me like I was a crazy person, which right. I can understand that. That's a fair reaction. Yeah, normal I said, one for you. I said, <laughs> yeah, very. I said, I get it. It's weird, but I need this. And she says, well, this is the first time anyone's ever asked me to do that, but I will. Who's your team? I'm like, I was wearing candy stripe pants. Some people don't know. I mean, all right, whatever. No, nobody you want to be friends with, but some people right. don't know. I'm like, Indiana. She's like, okay. I was actually, in some ways, believe it or not, looking forward to the MRI. Because when I have taken MRIs in the past, and I only think I've had two MRIs in my life, I have fallen asleep in mm -hmm. both. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Anytime I can get a nap while doing an activity, yeah. like taking my kids to the movies, I'm out for 90 minutes. Multitasking. I mean, out. Yeah. So I was looking forward to it. About seven minutes into the first one, I realized I have something has gone wrong in my head. I am no longer able to just enjoy this experience. And it was miserable. I, I could tell like my arm was falling asleep, but I couldn't move it. Mm. She was getting on the thing, telling me things like, sir, stop breathing so heavily <laughs> what <laughs> i i was falling in and out of of some kind of hallucination and i will tell you that i know you're not you're gonna think i'm putting you on i'm not and i told holly this the moment i got out of there there was a goblin in the mri <laughs> i don't know how else to say it i don't know how else to say it <laughs> There was, I could draw him. I can draw him. I can see the lines on the goblin's face. He was floating. It was just a goblin head. And he was floating above my face. I want you to draw the goblin. You absolutely have to draw the goblin. We'll, we'll tweet it out. I also want to know um, 
how are those psychedelic mushrooms? I <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Stone cold sober as I always am. This dude was in there with me and he was taunting me. He, he was haunting me and taunting me. And the MRI went longer than it should have because she said I kept moving. And so she had to repeat sections. I was not moving. I don't know what she was talking about. I was, I was, it was a goblin. The goblin was moving. <laughs> I can sense you don't believe me. And that's fine. I, be I believe that you believe you saw a goblin. Okay. That would be like me saying, I believe that I got my kids and drove them to school this morning. I believe that in yeah. the same way that I believe that in the MRI machine in Van Nuys, California, there was a goblin head. I There is I, no difference in those two realities. For, for you, but in terms of like what my take on it is, there absolutely was. Thank you. There, Thank there, you. There, there, That's there, what I needed Holly to say to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yes, that's how I meant it. How did you mean it? I meant it that you believe the experience was the same as taking your kids to school. I believe two very different things happened. One, you took your kids to school. Two, you hallucinated because you were inside a big machine with electronic waves frying your brain. All right, maybe. But at some point in that MRI machine with the goblin, she came on and she said, stop twitching and i'm like ma'am i can't help that and she goes well we're gonna have to repeat that also indiana one thirty three thirty. and i'm like oh how i go how and she goes i don't know it just says indiana 33 and the other team 30 i go okay good so that helped get me through the next section sure. for a while but sure. look let's get back to the game they found a way to win, Ward. They shouldn't have won that game, truthfully, the way that it was going. They should have lost that game, and they found a way to come back and win it with some big plays, including a massive play by our guest today. Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, they're 3-0. and It is in the long, proud tradition of Indiana football, not a game you would expect to win and not the start of a season that you would expect, expect, quite frankly. Just there was one other Big Ten foe, granted not a strong one, but any time you start 3-0 and and you've already surpassed your win total from the prior season, it's going better than it did last time around. And, you know, we all know it is just a brutal schedule pretty much from here on out, but there is now a path to a bowl game. That's exactly right. And... What I love is there's a game at the end of October, or I'm sorry, the end of September, that is a massive game for Indiana University. Playing on the road at Cincinnati this mm -hmm. next week's game, it's exciting. We get to yeah. be excited all week. It's a huge game. Look, we should have beat those guys last year. And that was yeah. a team, am I wrong? They went to the, didn't they go to the Final Four last year? Yeah, yeah. Or whatever then, they call it. The, I had a bunch of NFL picks, including the Colts, Alec Pierce. That's a loaded team back then. And we should have won. I mean, we should have won that game. No, we had we had control of the game. Penix threw a terrible interception. We we were in the red zone on a fourth down. We couldn't get it done. We threw an interception in the red zone. Micah McFadden gets called for a BS call, and they kick him out of the game. Yeah, yeah. Look, I was there with you, getting our brains fried, and I have trouble with the whole idea of like we should have won that game. Okay, 
Whereas we could like, have, yeah, we could have easily won that game. Yes, that there that that it wasn't like we didn't belong on the field with those guys. Um, but you know, it's it's not the same team it was last year, Cincinnati. Uh, they're certainly more vulnerable than they were last year. Obviously, we've got to go there now, but the confidence and belief in this team is growing by the week, that being the Hoosiers. So we're going to go in there hopefully feeling pretty good about ourselves. Uh, yes, uh, we certainly, and I'm sorry, but because we bring it up in good times, I have to bring it up. Just give us your take on the Colts. Well, it is shocking the speed at which my heart completely shuts down like <laughs> like that it just i i don't i think it was in the first quarter where the emotions just stopped like the dead really? inside thing happened so quickly because look we've been so conditioned particularly with going to jacksonville as to what ex- to expect and you've seen the script play out so many times that as soon as you're like five or 10 pages into the script, you're like, I know exactly how this ends. So I'm going to protect myself and shut down completely. And so I, you really don't get angry. Like you do not get angry during the game. No, I was, I was angry last week with, with the, the Texans because, you know, there was still, um, what I'd been telling myself for the last six months that this team was going to be. And I'm like, well, this is not that team. And Frank Reich, you know, everybody's calling for his head. I get it at this point, um, but notoriously slow starts. Has a new quarterback every year. It takes five games, whether it's Andrew Luck or Phillip Rivers, even Carson Wentz, you know, after five games, they kind of start to figure it out. But the the way it is now with these deficiencies at wide receiver, which were exposed because both the top guys were hurt. No tight ends who can do shit. Uh, like highest paid offensive line in history is like a sieve. Like there's there's fundamental issues here that aren't going to be corrected midway through the season. So I just start thinking about Indiana basketball. And God bless. I mean, it, it is coming. It's coming fast. I mean, we are already well into September you know, Hoosier hysteria is just a couple weeks away, a few weeks yeah. away now. I mean, it is right around the corner. And the great thing about this season is there is just no ramp up. It is like we play a couple exhibition games, then I think a bad game. And then you are into like almost every week from like the end of November through March, you have marquee games. Yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. But before we get there, we got a football team that, like you said, has a path to a bowl game, and that's why we're going to focus on that today. Um, and before we get to that, we got another special guest. We got a twofer today. This is cool. We're mixing it up. You never know what to expect. And uh, this gentleman has been good to us, and I'm very excited to hear what he has going on. He's also just been overall, and we'll talk about this, good to Indiana University and Indiana University fans. Yep. There is a lot of fan servicing from him which i love because he's a fan himself that's exactly right that's exactly right and it's kind of fun that like you know you and i have gone into the entertainment business and still tried to like use it somehow to do things in indiana like you've done a film in indiana you did it about your hometown you know we work with people that are from indiana that are indiana hoosiers and this gentleman has gone into his walk of life in in a way that has still remained very connected and true to Indiana. So I say let's get to it. 
Here comes our guest. Here comes our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know, usually we have we have stars on the show. We have we have basketball stars, we have football stars. But this is this is unusual. This is extra special. Eric, what kind of star do we have with us today? Hailing from the great city of Bedford, Indiana. This gentleman applied his craft, learning it by playing his guitar on the lakes of southern Indiana. He, of course, matriculated at Indiana University, where he also got very popular playing his guitar around the frat circuit, which which then blew up to a little bit more of a Midwest frat circuit. And we're going to get into this, but I understand he was ready to basically walk away from the music game when in 2008, he won the Kenny Chesney Next Big Star Battle of the Bands competition. From there, he moved to Nashville, where he put out a string of albums, starting with Torn Jeans and Tailgates. Songs like Right Where I Belong, singles like Struggle Bus, which is my favorite. And I use that phrase all the time because my kids are always on the struggle bus, <laughs> always on the struggle bus. This gentleman has opened for Eric Church, Blake Shelton, Jason Aldean, Jimmy Buffett, and many others. He has performed songs that have become popular tracks with ESPN College Basketball, Men's Baseball. If you were listening like the last couple of years, you would hear this gentleman all over the broadcast. It was awesome hearing that. I've seen him live at the Bluebird. This dude can go. He has other singles, like, by the way, Right Where I Belong, awesome. His most recent album, Made in the USA, which I believe the official launch date is the 22nd. Is that right? It's out. It's, it's out, Just baby. happened on the 16th. Well, just happened on the 16th. Okay, on the 16th. I, I, I wasn't sure because the date says the 22nd, but I listened to the whole damn album. So I thought maybe I had some kind of like secret code. I don't know what was going on. Uh, songs like Indiana on the album songs like let me go which has an amazing music video that just dropped in the last few days and of course the name of the album made in the usa this gentleman has been influenced by all the great indiana people that we know and love like Mellencamp and many others ladies and gentlemen we are talking to a tried and true hoosier a huge hoosier fan the man clayton anderson yeah boy oh boy i tell you what i feel like i'm a big star after listening to that can we do that again can we do that again that that made me uh, that made me feel all right right there. Thanks, thanks, fellas. Uh, thank you, man. I only got one in me though, so I can't do it again. That's all I got. It takes everything <laughs> I got. Um, listen, we got a lot to talk about in a short time. Let let's let's start with the album that just came out. So, mm-hmm. made in the USA. I binged the whole thing, went beginning to end. It is awesome. And thank you. And you hear a lot of. Like, I hear some Mellencamp in there. I hear some of these influences that I know you have. Talk to us a little bit about the album, what this album means to you. Why is this one different for you? Yeah, this is by far the most personal, uh, deepest songwriting uh, I have ever delved into. Um, you know, I've reached a little, uh, I've gotten a little older and uh, I've gotten, I don't know if I've gotten wiser, but I've gotten a little older. So uh, this it's, I don't know all those things that hit around COVID. Um, there's, there's mm. songs on there. Me questioning uh, whether it was all worth it. Yeah. Um, there's songs of me questioning because entertainment and uh, I mean, anything in life, you're going to, you're going to put everything you got to it, but with entertainment and you're the product, you're the business and, it's it, it gets kind of scary if, if it, is it really going to happen you know there's a song that's a too late on there that's 
be questioning, is it too late for me to even make it in the genre? Is it too late for me to chase this dream? Is it, is it about ready to pass me by? Is it, have I, have I sacrificed too much and I'm not going to have a family? So it, to me, it's, it's just, it's just the most personal and the open, the most open I've ever been. Uh, Cause I'm so happy go lucky, you know? And yeah. And the first, and the first records were, were very much that. And this was just a little more, just a little more personal, a little deeper. And do you feel going through that songwriting process, maybe taking what you're feeling, what you're hearing in your own head and putting it out there? Is it healing? Is it liberating? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it, it's, it's therapy. <laughs> it's just, it's straight up therapy. And then, you know, you ride it and you're done with it. And then it's like, I'm singing it on stage the other day. I'm like, no one's going to stop me. You can't take this away from me. I'm just going to make it happen. So yes. you get, you get, then it gets you fired up and makes you kind of pissed off and wants you to go out there and conquer the world, you know? Hell How yeah. much of, of being able to put out an album like this did it take for you to, you know, so much of being a music star is bravado and a, and a presence that you have to have. Because I say this all the time in any form of entertainment, whether it's a com stand-up comedian or a talk show host or even an actor, you do have to have an ego because you have to you have to think that it's worth it for people to pay in some way to see what you're doing. Like and and so you need some kind of ego and some kind of bravado. But this album, you kind of strip all that away in many ways. How hard was it just to make the decision to kind of walk away from being the fun, happy go lucky, I'm just the good time guy? Yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't easy, you know, even my co was like, man, we need something deeper, deeper. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, sign a record deal to a small indie media, uh, new startup company in Nashville that's been incredible to work with. And it's given me the opportunity and, and uh, one with the funds and two uh, with the connections of, of being able to uh, work with the best people that I could, that I've ever, you know, that we could possibly work with. So it's, uh, and they pushed me, they, they, everyone was pushing me like, we need deep, you know, like, and it's so true. Like if we're going to connect and I want to connect with people and especially in this world of trying to break through the noise, there's so much stuff out there constantly every day. Um, I, I wanted to give some, I don't know. I just wanted to, it was hard. It was hard to go deeper because I don't like to open up and I don't like to talk about my insecurities and I don't like to talk about my shortcomings and I don't like to talk <laughs> about those things because I do like having that ego of like, I'm awesome. This is yeah. fun. It's going to be a great time. Let's go out there and make everybody happy. And I love that. And that's, that's why I've always loved entertaining. I just want to make people happy. Um, but I think these songs, uh, they're just going to show a little, little more of me, you know? Well, and I Absolutely. think, look, so many people, whether they're in the industry or not, at a certain time in, in our lives, I'll say it's like you you getting closer to your own truth inevitably resonates more with us, right? Because in, in whatever walk of life you're in, a lot of that stuff rings true, especially after what we just went through. But I will say, pre-COVID, getting to see you rock out at the bluebird it is so much fun and you you put on such a great show which is different from having a good voice and having good songs it's like you and your and your your band up there know what you're doing and i just wonder how how great is it to be back out there doing it oh it feels so good you know it's kind of funny we never quit really either 
Like we went straight into life because I really was broke. I, I had $50, <laughs> I think, in my bank account when because uh, we I was going after radio for the first time in my entire career because the whole point of this, my thing with music is I just never wanted to have any regrets. That's why I tried it. So, I mean, I stuck around IU a little too long because I didn't want to give up the dream. And I thought, oh, if I graduate, get a job and I'm, it's over. It's over. So so I've always kind of just stuck with it and, and, and kept trying and trying. So one of the things was I just don't want to have any regrets. I've never tried to go after radio. I, I get sick of people telling me is I don't get sick of it. It's I love hearing it. I get sick of having to explain why why I'm not on the radio, why we're right. not big, why we're not huge, because it's frustrating. Like, I know I'm better than that, most of them, you know, like, <laughs> I know I can entertain. I hear everything. It's like, I'm not to sound like a butthead, but it's like, come on, man, our music's just as good, if not better. And I know we can deliver a show. And I appreciate those kind of words about our show. because That's what means the most to me. But um, yeah, when COVID hit, I had to figure out a way to resource money because all that went away the week the week that COVID hit, we were coming out. I remember I was at the IU game. We were playing Nebraska. The last sporting event. So technically, we're, we were the national championship. We That's won right. the national. We, right. we, we won, won the last, last game. game. Yep. Won the last game. And so uh, <laughs> hang the banner, baby. Hang the banner. <laughs> if Tom but, Crean uh, was still here, we would hang a banner. <laughs> you better believe him. Oh, God love him, man. He, he, gave, he gave him rings for the Sweet 16. And, oh, what a, <laughs> what a guy. Anyway, great guy. Great. He was a big supporter of me, so I don't want to pass All right. But, all right. Fair enough. Uh, but, 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 yeah, it was tough. It's tough seeing him call all those timeouts. But uh, <laughs> he we uh i don't know man it's so so we just went straight to playing shows we everything was canceled i had no no source of income literally 50 dollars in my bank account and so we just went straight to live streaming and that worked out really good and then i, I went back to my roots and that was playing on the lake where i started on lake monroe so it was uh luckily we had a lot of fans and a lot of friends and people who supported us and helped get us sponsored to come play different lakes throughout the state and, and even further out this past couple of years so was very fortunate and uh yeah we just kept rocking and rolling you know as hard as we could we try not to let the let the foot off the gas uh before we get into your iu story and your fandom i do want to say this song let me go got me i mean it got me emotional and just there the open of that song i feel like every man has gone through this in their relationship <laughs> everyone you say and here are the lyrics asking you if you heard a thing i said and seemed like you kind of stuck in your head and you deny it, but you're awfully quiet. Yeah. It's like just that. I was like, yes, yes. I, <laughs> I mean, know it. honey, I will you listen girlfriend. to this, dear? Dear, you need to listen to this. <laughs> but right, like how often you know something's wrong and you say, y'all right? Like you hear anything I say, oh no, I'm fine. And you know that's bullshit. But then you have this line, you say, so then you, you clear your throat and let the words fall out. Everything changes split second strangers that yeah, which line, i think that's the most part yeah that line that <laughs> line that's it that got me that is it split second strangers you can be with somebody and know them and then in an instant in a split second it all goes cold and yeah. i just thought like you had me in that that first verse and ending with that line crushed me man so just i i recommend everybody made in the usa you can get it on all platforms right now and I want to say one other thing to you about your music that I love, that I've been wanting to say this to you for a long time. 
I load up a lot of songs and I look and it's somebody will tell me, oh, you got to go listen to this song. And I go look at it. And the first thing I see, it's six minutes and 10 seconds. I'm like, I don't have six minutes and 10 seconds to listen to this bullshit. Clayton Anderson songs, you get in, you hit what you need to hit and you get the F out. It's That's three right. minutes. Three <laughs> minutes. That's right. That's I right. love I it. Always, my my thought has always been to just get to the just get to the part. Like people yes. are like, oh, we need to put a bridge. I'm like, why? What else do we have to say? We've said everything we needed to say. Like, yes. Just get back to the chorus. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, you you are hugely popular in my house. We play your songs all the time. Uh, my kids love them. They know all the words to the struggle bus because that is a phenomenal song. All right, but now let's go back into the time machine. You grew up in Bedford, Indiana. Tell oh, yeah. us about how Indiana University and fandom found you. It was everything. It ruled our life. It, uh, mm-hmm. it was everything growing up. Bob Knight, was uh, he was the general. He was our president. He was our king. He was, uh, <laughs> he, he was everything. We worshipped him on his golf show, his <laughs> WTTV4 show. Uh, every show was Bob Knight. Um, he, he uh, uh, and st- you know, growing up in Bedford, uh, obviously you got the kid from Heltonville, Damon Bailey, who was yes. um, my boyhood hero. I don't think a kid could have ever had a better role model to grow up looking to. And, and we go to I remember going to high school basketball games as a kid and there'd be ticket scalpers out there at a high school game, you know, and my mom just saying, come on, come on, stay close. Like close and, and like, like I—that—that's crazy. I mean, the the fandom that he had, and um, and and with Knight coming to see him, and and I I ter- I feel bad for the pressure that he had to have on him to go to IU because everybody would have turned their back. I mean, it would have been a crazy thing for him to probably go fit somewhere in a better system if he would have went somewhere else and played a point guard and whatever. But it, yeah, IU IU to me was just everything. It's. I knew I wanted to go there. I, there was no other place that I wanted to go to school. I wanted to go to IU. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be in it. It, uh, it was really everything growing up. Now, did you ever have those daydreams in the in the driveway shooting hoops that you would play for the general? Or, or did you know you were always destined for something, let's say, more artistic? No, man. I was out there counting down. I was going to win that national championship like he smart did in the corner, man. I was making that shot all day long. I was ready for my opportunity. And I told I told Knight once, I told Coach one time, I told him, I said, uh, man, I waited on you for a long time to show up to recruit me. You just never came. He's like, well, you, you obviously weren't good enough, kid. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just like a slow white kid that can't jump or play defense. Man, I can shoot till time out of the ball, though. Just give me the ball. Let me shoot it. Who was your favorite player growing up? Did you have one that was your all-time favorite? Well, I mean, I got a Damon by far. Um, but, man, I loved – I love that ninety. I love that early '90s team. I mean that that team when easily easily national championship team. Yes. As, as Alan, if Alan Henderson does not go down, but um, man, I I loved them all from different things. I always thought Eric Anderson was probably my cousin somehow. You know, so I thought that was cool. <laughs> um, I loved I loved AJ Moye when I was in school because he was just. Man, what a what a player! What a work ethic! What an engine! That guy just had an engine that drove and got us so hyped in the crowd, like no other. Um, also, a big homer of, of Michael Lewis. You know, the, yeah. I mean, I never liked a lefty. You know, it's hard to hard to cheer for a lefty, but geez, I mean, <laughs> the time that he went back at night, I was like, wow, that guy's a bulldog. Um, yes. 
Uh, I loved, he was a great general, floor general, always played better on the road. Um, I probably know why, but can't say why on (laughs) on national podcasts, but always put a road guy, always play better on the road. But uh, (laughs) I I, I loved him. I loved Jared Jeffries. That was so cool to see like somebody. I thought at that time I was so bummed, like, man, we were getting the recruits and you know, you had, you, you had Sean May's kid or Scott May's kid, Sean back there. There were just so many things coming for Indiana University until they were such dumbasses yes. and made that move. Um, really, really set us back a long totally. way. But uh, what, Clayton, what years exactly were you there? And and because I, I guess as a student, and then how long did you did you get to keep living in and around the great university after you graduated? Yeah, I can't wait for them to give me a doctorate one day. I hope. <laughs> um, I'll say it was well as well. Well earned. I was there all seven, seven years. But... <laughs> no, I, I wrapped up in 07, but I started in 01, 02, 02, Got it. 01, 01. And yeah. So. And then, so, so your freshman year was the the final four, the championship game year. Yeah. Yeah. That was huge. That was just like, my gosh, I remember Kirkwood just being slammed and naked girls and yeah. people falling. It was just, I was like, this is crazy. This is absolute college is awesome. <laughs> no, like, no, it's going to be like this every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just wish people would just get that hyped over soccer because by golly, we're in it every goddamn year. <laughs> now, Clayton, at that time, you were already playing and performing right uh, around town. So just walk us through kind of how guitar found you and, and, and what your, what the, the track was there. And did you study music at Indiana or was it just a hobby? No, I, I really picked up my, the guitar, my senior year of high school. Um, my sister hated it. Uh, absolutely hated it. Uh, <laughs> st- still probably hates it a little bit, right. but, uh, but no, I, I just, I started, I always hung around with the older, like my birthday falls in a weird summer month. And, I always played with the older kids. Like I, growing up, I was always with the older guys. So they were, I think I had more better, like all my friends were a grade above me really. And then my senior year, I started hanging out kind of more of a different group of guys and they played guitar and we'd sit around the campfire, bonfire and play. And they, no one would sing the song. And I get so annoyed. I'm like, somebody sing a stupid song. Like this is <laughs> not fun hearing the guitar. So I kind of got this. And I was, I was just a ham, you know, I was in choir, show choir, all that stuff it was cool to be in choir at Bedford show, all that show us a jazz there. hand show us a jazz yeah. hand. <laughs> just shake, shake. spirit fingers Look, <laughs> i just want to say i was in show choir too ladue high school no big deal oh, peru high school right here baby show choir come all three of us wing choir actually yeah all three yeah. of us show choir we should open up for straight no chaser we should we should by definitely the way, come out by the way when i was in, a little number with when i was in show choir it became a running joke because we'd all be sitting around and she, the instructor would give us a new piece of music and uh, you know, there'd be the solo part and I, she'd be like, who wants the solo? I'd be like, I got this. I got this. And she'd be like, anybody, no one, anybody. No one. And then, and then I'm like, what the hell? Oh, Danny, Danny, you got the solo. So then like, I would do it again. Same thing. Uh, John, you got it. John wasn't even raising his damn hand. Then, <laughs> then it would come to a part where like, there was a narration where somebody had to say something. She goes, Eric, you've got the speaking part. <laughs> what the fuck? I want to sing. 
my my mom so my mom was like a, she was over like the records department at, at our high school and, and our our choir teacher came up like i would love clay to be in the acapella program she's like are you serious are you <laughs> like why that's not a good idea. i'm like gosh dang mom come on <laughs> See, I mean, I, they had a lot of faith in me. They had a lot, a lot of faith. Yeah. But yeah, I got to IU though, and I just didn't. I couldn't meet the girls like I could. I mean, playing basketball in Bedford, you were God. You know, yeah. I mean, you you were everybody. You know, and it was. So I picked up that guitar, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is easy." Wow. <laughs> so yeah, we just started playing. We just started playing house. But parties, Clayton, I'm, I'm late curious. Jans at the house. When you picked up the guitar, though, did it just make sense to you, or did you have to like train? Like, did you did you have an innate understanding of how this instrument worked? Um, I I consider myself a banger. I bang the crap out of it. <laughs> I mean, I break more strings than probably most guys <laughs> ever will. But uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of got the gist of it. The chords and everything came, and then um, you, you know, I that's why I started writing my own songs because I realized that covering other songs was a lot harder if you just sang what was in your heart and your soul is a lot easier just to let it let it flow out whether it was good or bad so <laughs> um but yeah it, it i had to work at it. it 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 wasn't uh it wasn't like some miraculous thing like oh the sword and the stone it's been right. waiting for me this right. whole time but i just loved it i love i love music so much and it's it's one of those things that no one can ever take no matter if i make it huge or stay where I am or, or heck fall off the, the wheels come off tomorrow and people stop showing up to see us play. Like no one can ever take it away from you. It'll always be your friend. It'll always be there. And uh, it's a, it's a cool thing. And is it something where in the songwriting, obviously you're evolving there. You're always uh, evolving as a songwriter, but do you continue to try to like learn new moves on the guitar or do you get to a certain point where you're like, this is what I'll do and I'll do it well, and then I'll bring in my axe man over here to shred it. Absolutely, 100%. I, I, am, I know what I'm good at. I'm going to stick to that, and then I'm <laughs> going to let Sethy J pick that guitar up and, and Chris and let him slay. I, I stay out of their way. But Merle Haggard one time, though, he got so mad at having his band, he went out and sat on a, sat out in the keys somewhere and learned how to play all those riffs. And they, they and and he was just and he actually taught himself how to play all the solos. But I have no desire to do that right now. <laughs> who, who are some of your heroes? Oh man, uh, I love Johnny Cash. I thought I remember being a kid uh, in junior high. There was this in or high school, I think. There was a program where he came on and then he turned around. And he said, hello, my name's Johnny Cash. And I thought that was the coolest freaking thing I'd ever seen. A guy just turns around and says who he is. And we know who he is, but like it was so powerful. I love my mom was a huge Elvis fan. So we yes. had all the Elvis music going on in the house, watched all the movies. Huge, huge, huge Elvis fan. Um, what do you, uh, you think of the What do you think of the I loved it. Me I loved it. I I really did. I thought the dude said, I like that guy. I can't remember his name. We did it, but I love his work. And um, I thought it was so cool. As a biopic, I wish they would have gave a little more dirt on him, but I'm sure Priscilla didn't want all that out there. So, yeah. I loved, how I, much, I loved it. How much music they put. It was so infused with the music. Yeah, that was that was the mm -hmm. best part to me. And that's what I love about all these movies. And, and even why I signed with the label I signed with is, uh, I, I sit here and watch my niece and, and some of these younger kids like singing these songs, these old songs. I'm like, how do they know these songs? And they're learning them from the Marvel movies, the, uh, the movies on Netflix. And, and, and I'm like, TikTok. Wow, we need to get, 
yeah, yeah. I was like, we need to get our stuff in movies and 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 film and wherever we can get it to that can be something we can control. We might not be able to control country radio because it is so controlled, but sure. maybe we can get out this way. What was your first gig? Do you remember your very first gig? Oh, sure do. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, technically my first paid gig in, in a, in a, in a music setting, I was, I got paid to DJ, which was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> but, uh, but my first paid gig is like playing. I played a, there was a bar called Rusty's West End. It's not even there anymore. It's a big red barn down in Bedford across from the greatest golden corral in all the land. <laughs> the <by> golden corral. <laughs> Love we it. have the best one. We have the best one by far in, in the entire country in Bedford. But I played, I played, out. I showed up, I showed up, I had 10 songs. It was like a busy holiday. It's like Thanksgiving, Christmas, like one of the busiest nights of the year. And the guy got laryngitis and couldn't perform. And so everyone else is booked up because it's a big night. They've already got their shows booked. So I was their last call. <laughs> and, and we played the same 10 songs over and over. And I was so 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 nervous me and my roommate nick arthur at the time he uh he was brave enough to get up there with me and i think we ripped about seven shots and <laughs> and i you know i thought we sounded pretty dang good but they had us back they had us back I there know you go. That. so uh, oh but man we, we brought a crowd and that's your first gig give me your favorite gig that you've ever had oh oh boy i tell you what there, there's it's it's to, to me it's kind of funny because they're they're all different type. it's not about the crowd size i've always tried to tell people that I explain it's like it's about the energy in the room yes and we played an epic show it rained on us we played the indianapolis motor speedway the indy 500 opened up for zach brown and it started pouring and i look at the guys because i knew if we quit i knew if we quit they're not letting us back up there i said don't freaking don't effing stop just keep playing keep playing and they're going okay okay and that was the first big gig they'd ever first big show they'd ever been on big stage so that was that was epic but then there was one time that's a favorite one and another one that sticks out in my mind is we were playing a show with Colts kickoff and it rained and then they weren't going to let us play even a little bit I was kind of frustrated the headliner wouldn't let me have at least 15 minutes so so uh sean latham pat mcafee all these guys are texting tweeting going hey go see clayton he's gonna just pop over this bar and it got so out of control and crowded i felt like i like i was just standing on the floor and it just got uh, I, I had an elvis moment i felt pretty cool for a second yes. that was pretty cool that was pretty awesome awesome um we we have to get your take on the upcoming basketball season what do you think of coach woodson and the fellas what are your hopes what are your dreams give it to us I love Coach. Uh, I love Coach Woodson a lot, and I, and I like him in this environment in this new era of recruiting and NIL because he. I, the only thing I've ever heard about those young he coached young NBA dudes that just got into money, and he they all say great things about him. And Carmelo Anthony, who I don't think has ever liked any coach, said nice things about Mike Woodson, <laughs> and so for him to be able to uh, hold egos in check and and stuff, and even talking to Jordy Halls the other day, he's like, dude, I play professional basketball and these guys are making more money than I'm making. And he's like, and I was like, yeah, dude. And if this would have happened when you were playing, you would be so rich. You would have had them all. They would be paying you by the three pointer. But um, no, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm excited. He's there. Cause I'm, I'm hoping he can teach him how to shoot the basketball again. Some, I don't know if it's, I'm going to call it the curse of Tom green or yes. something. I don't know because 
since Tom Crean, we have not been able to shoot the basketball. And it's no. and as a kid from Bedford, Indiana, who couldn't play defense, my <laughs> goodness gracious, man, just shoot the ball. It's not that hard. I mean, they're <laughs> wide open sometimes. So I'm like, and and they and they made it like the kid from Northwestern made him at Northwestern yeah. all the time. And then he, he struggled to make him uh, at at IU. So I'm hoping we can we can get that monkey off our back, make some baskets, and I have high high hopes. Uh, high high hopes. I I don't. I got really excited about IU football last year, and I said I'd never do that again. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm really I hate to lose. I'm just a sore loser, yeah. and I'm just. But I'm really pumped. Really pumped about our team and. I just, I just, I just like that they, they played hard last year, and I enjoyed that, and I appreciated the the fact that they they hustled and played hard. But I'm I'm hoping, uh, yeah, I'm hoping for big things this year. Look, I got to tell you, man, <clears throat> we're gonna let you get out of here soon. But it is no surprise to me that you pick somebody like AJ Moye as a guy to really dive in on on somebody you like, because I've had the absolute pleasure and honor of seeing you play several times, a couple times at the Bluebird. And also one time outside of an Indiana football game after a terrible loss. Yep. yep. And you're still giving it your all. Like you are just out there jamming, banging on that guitar. And it feels like you, that AJ Moye spirit, you have it too. Because, I mean, Ward and I have seen you at the Bluebird together. I saw you after a fantasy camp experience three years ago with a bunch of old guys who are like rocking out. And I'm like, this guy, and I didn't at that time I didn't know who you were. We had just, I think we met at that trip, 2018-19, and I was blown away by you. And your energy is infectious, and your music is infectious. And you deserve all the success in the world. You do it the right way. You always have this thread of Indiana in everything that you do. You know, so many of your songs have lyrics that tie back to your time in Indiana, something very specific, which obviously all of us love. But there's something just so real and authentic and fun about your music. And in this most recent album, you add the layer of just being totally real and vulnerable. You're the man. We love you. We got to do a Hoosier Hysterics Clayton Anderson event together. That's what we got. Yes. That would be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome. That would be incredible. I talk, you know, it's funny. I was talking about it too. I was like, man, we should just invade Lawrence, Kansas and Ooh. just slap them around a little bit. <laughs> I like that. Cause I'm playing, I'm playing in Kansas city on Friday. Oh, come on. I there you go. About it. I'm supposed to play in St. Louis the next night, but if I can somehow finagle that St. Louis date into another date, that would be fun. Let's like, talk about yeah, that. That, that, that could be epic, but we definitely got to do something in B-Town, too. Look, look, and listen, in the meantime, we're going to get that sorted out. Clayton, where can people best follow you? Obviously, the album Made in the USA is out everywhere. They listen to music, but how about you, your social handles? Where do you want to send them? Yeah, they, anybody can. Our hub is ClaytonAndersonOfficial.com. That's got our tour dates, our socials, everything there. Um, we're expanding our website. It's going to become even cooler and more interactive where we can create a conversation together and, and carry that throughout our course of history and our life, which I think would be really cool. But uh, Instagram, Clayton Anderson, um, Twitter, Clayton Anderson, everything, Clay Google Clayton Anderson, wherever you're at, wherever you listen to your music, we are there. Just search Clayton Anderson and it's me, not the astronaut, but he's my buddy. So it's cool. It's it is funny when you look you up, you do see the astronaut. It's funny. I'm like, <laughs> Clayton's got a lot of talent. Uh, real quick, you are playing at the Bluebird this Saturday night, nine o'clock. Yes, sir. So Come get on to the Bluebird it. to see Clayton. You're then playing on Sunday to Colts home opener concert, 10 a.m. at the Red Clay with the Red Clay Strays. That's Where gonna, are you playing? At the that, stadium? 
It's going to be right outside on the north side of the stadium in Touchdown Town, and I think I'm just going to stay up all night and row straight there. Boom. Great. I love it. <laughs> and look, there no, is no, no I doubt. I don't know how else to do it. There is no doubt your performance is going to be the best performance of the day. If oh. Last two, this has been a brutal start to the season, Clayton. This has been oh. awful. I, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, Indiana football is undefeated and the Colts are, I never would have thought this. I never would have <laughs> thought, I, I thought that, I thought that the Colts would be sitting 0-2 right now. I was at that Houston game. That was the hardest three quarters of football I've ever had to sit through. So. And that's, yeah, that's, that's like, it's, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think we got to get Trent Green, maybe get, get him back in there. Maybe we'll <laughs> do some of that spread offense and see if he can sling the ball. I don't know. I, I, it's a. Uh, I don't know what to say. It's just pretty. De- yeah, it's demoralizing. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no. let's focus on the positive, which is the album's yep. out. You're on tour. People can see you. ClaytonAndersonOfficial.com. Go, go there. Find all of his socials. We love him. We'll keep you updated on shows, and we'll figure out something to do together in Beat Town and maybe Lawrence, Kansas. You are the man. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, boys, and thanks for uh, thanks for helping tell everybody about the music. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Congrats, brother. Good luck. Thank you. See you guys. That was a guest. That was a guest. I mean, I just love him, right? He's just such a fun, cool. I wish I was as cool as him, which I'll never be, obviously. No. But he's just so cool and real. And I love how big of a sports fan. He is us. He is us. Yeah. He, I mean, he is what we we wish we were in terms of like the the really cool rock star vibe of it. But then when you strip away those trappings he's he has, we cannot possess. You're like, yeah, he cares about the same things we do. Yeah, uh, let me be clear. When I was saying he is us, I meant ex- not counting the cool stuff. <laughs> right. Okay. I just meant the crazy fandom and like knowing like specific moments in games, you know, and. And like being able to tell inside jokes about Tom Crean, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that, that's the part that I thought we were comparable to. Sure. Uh, yeah, great guy. Yeah. Love his music. It's super fun. And this new album is amazing. So go to Apple Music, go to Spotify, search for Clayton Anderson, Made in the USA, and just loop it. Just loop it. Give him the give him the the listens so that he can get those pennies piled up. Uh all right. Well, I say let's get to our next guest. I see no reason to wait. This. Oh, I shouldn't do that because most people don't watch it on video. I'm touching my my jersey, my Indiana Hoosiers jersey. It was it was amazing to watch. I'm sorry you guys missed it. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of content you get on the video. So subscribe to Peaks. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Indiana football Hoosiers are three and O, and our guest today is a very big reason why Eric, who is joining us on the pod hailing from i will say this even though i don't like giving credit to any other cities besides bloomington indiana and st louis missouri but this is a great city the great city of memphis tennessee i love that city oh yes hailing from memphis tennessee son of diane and herbert jones this gentleman played his high school football at saint benedict at auburndale high school all right i gotta tell you when i did the research on this some of these numbers have to be made up they these <laughs> these are silly so let's just go through them at auburndale high school he was linebacker and wide receiver 
He was two-time All-State, three-time All-Region, two-time Team Most Valuable Player, 2017 team captain, four-year starter that led his team in tackles. Listen to what he led his team in. Tackles, sacks, tackles for loss, receptions, (laughs) rushing yardage, all-purpose yardage, and touchdowns as a junior and senior and played in the 2017 East-West All-Star Classic and led the West in stops. He had, in his final two seasons, 34 sacks, 160 tackles, five interceptions, three forced fumbles. He led St. Benedict to the most wins in program history in 2017. He finished with 3,678 all-purpose yards, 1,534 were receiving, 1,049 rushing, 496 punt, 32 touchdowns, four punt returns. What? what, Are the... are those real? Are those real numbers? You have no idea if those are real, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have to say they're all real. All real numbers. <laughs> all right. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. He then, of course, came to Indiana University in 2018. He has basically played from the moment he stepped foot on campus. And if you look at the years that this gentleman has been with us, it is, as a whole, the most successful time that Indiana has had, really, in multiple decades. He has increased his tackles every single year he's been there, increased solo tackles, a huge pick six in 2019 against UConn. He, of course, was a big cog in the wheel for the win at Nebraska that year, the double overtime win at Purdue that year, the Gator Bowl appearance against Tennessee in 2020. Oh, and I should also say 2020, he was named team captain. Not a senior, but he was named team captain for that magical year. Seven stops, six solo tackles against Penn State in one of the most classic games ever in Indiana football. Academic All-Big Ten helped us get to the Outback Bowl. Team captain again last year. Won Indiana's Howard Brown Dedication to IU Football Award, 63 tackles. And so far in 2022, where he is captain for the third straight year, which is as meaningful as any stat I've read. He has 32 tackles, 15 solo, one sack, one huge forced fumble that we'll talk about. And I believe I saw a stat. I haven't seen it updated. But as of after week two, he led the country in tackles without a miss. No missed tackles. Like, I don't even understand that. Like, if you're on the football field, you're going to miss a tackle, but not this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to someone who we can also announce is a Hoosier Hysterics ambassador. The the ink is just drying on the contract. Please welcome the man, Cam Jones. (laughs) There you go, Cam. How was that for an intro? Man, Mr. Eric, that was, that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful, but I just want to say thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to talk with you guys, excited to work with you guys, and I just can't wait to can't wait to get going. Cam, just catch us up with, like, what's going on on a Monday after another big comeback win? You're like, oh, yeah, I got to, I got to, like, study something. Or, like, how do you, how do you control and focus with all the excitement and what you have to do next Saturday? Uh, it's, it's just kind of crazy to wrap your head around, you know, after coming off a big win um, with the Hoosiers. Um, it's just kind of co- got to go back to the basic, basics, got to get back to the drawing board, got to figure out what's next, how to get better, 1% better each and every day. And, you know, that's just how, you know, challenge the team, challenge the coaches every single day. How, how can we get better as a football team? And you look at you look at the past three games of, 
you know, um, you know, we was able to get the job done and bring home the win, but you know, it didn't look so great. So it, it just shows you how how exciting this team can be and how how good we can be if we just all put it together. So you know, I'm I'm excited. Every day is a work in progress. Now, now clearly, we're all excited that we're three and zero. But even you like talked a little bit about, but it's you know, there's a but there. Do you are you? No one's disappointed in the record, obviously, but. Are you upset at at some of the performance overall? Like, is it is it fueling you to kind of show the fans, no, 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 how we've performed for the majority of these games is not who we are, and and how do you how do you keep people focused on the team? You are a leader on the team when you are three and zero, but you know there's still work to be done. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it, there's definitely work to be done, and I, I tell the guys every single day, you know, uh, find ways to to get better, lock in and focus. It's it's, it's all about the little details. Um, and if you go back and watch film, you know, there, there's so many mistakes that we made on our part that we can fix that, you know, it, it, it can stop, you know, all, all the yards that, you know, they were able to gain and, you know, the, the explosive plays. And, you know, even on offense, just key blocks that, you know, guys can make that can, you know, make those explosive plays. And, you know, I know the guys, they're going to respond, um, especially with a big game coming up this week. I know they're going to do everything that they need to do to get themselves prepared and this team prepared. So, like I said, I'm just so excited, like, well, it's scary. Like, we can be scary good. So I just can't wait that we put it all together. You're such a leader. And I wonder with that, like, we know how you go about um, getting better as a football player from day to day. Do you consciously go about trying to in, improve your leadership? Is that is that just something that's so natural for you? Or are you reading books and, and talking to, to Coach Tom Allen on how to be a better leader? Yeah, it's actually crazy because, you know, if you would have, you know, I was talking to someone the other day, I was like, you know, if you would have asked me to talk in front of somebody or, you know, even say a word, you know, five years ago before I got here, like you couldn't pay me to. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just wasn't that, you know, I wasn't that type of guy. I was always led by actions. So I was just a quiet guy. And I think that being around a, a leader like Coach Allen, um, you know, he he's challenged me every single year since I've been here. Every year has been some something different, something that I can improve on, something that I can work on. So, you know, with, with a guy that has such such high standards and, you know, never takes a day off and, you know, he, he's 110% every single day. It's, it's kind of hard not to not to bring your best, you know, every single day. So, you know, I just appreciate him for, you know, um, being able to challenge me and, you know, help me grow each and every way possible. So it, it's definitely, it definitely has a lot to do with Coach Allen. And I, you know, like I said, I'm so thankful for him. Well, I was going to save this story, but it feels like a good time to talk about it. So obviously <laughs> last year, was not the year that anyone wanted. And you probably could have left after last year and, and pursued professional opportunities. But I read a story that the day after the Purdue game, or as we call them, turd do, uh, the day after you texted Coach Allen. Do you remember this? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What did you text him the day after? Um, it, was, it was, like you said, it was immediate. Um, just because I wanted to get the, you know, a lot of the guys, we just wanted to get the ball rolling. You know, we didn't want to waste no time. Um, we knew we knew what it took. And we basically just told Coach Allen, you know, we want to have a conversation with him of, of what we want moving forward, you know, what we need moving forward. And um, like I said, there was, there was no time wasted at all. So, you know, it was a group of us that got together with him and, you know, had that, um, you know, conversation. You know, I think, uh, you know, his phrase, LEO, love each other. Um, you know, it's, it's not about. No, it's about having those uncomfortable conversations with the people you love. And that was an uncomfortable conversation that, you know, we needed. So I'm just glad that he was able to, you know, sit down and talk with us.
Well, let's get into the uncomfortable conversation a little bit. I don't want to, I know that some of it's private, but what got reported was that you said to him, like, I'm coming back, I'm committed to you, but I need, this is me acting as Cam Jones here, I need more from you, Tom Allen. That takes just giant balls. Let's just say it. It takes giant balls. But what, is that true? And what did you mean? Like, what was it that you needed that you thought you weren't getting at that moment? Yes, sir. Um, I think that, you know, it, it, all, it all starts with belief. Um, and, and I believed in Coach Allen before, you know, when I when I first got here. I believed in, you know, everything he told me. Um, you know, he, he could tell me to go, you know, run into a brick wall and I'll do it, you know, full speed just, just because, I don't know, Coach. Yes, sir. You know, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I believed in his plan he had for me and his vision. And I basically just told him, Coach, like, if there's any flaw in my game, any flaw in my and myself just you know help me I, I i need you to help me each and every single day just give me more than you ever given me and more than you ever given this team um and you know for for a coach to, to respond the way he does it just shows a lot how much he cares you know you know, you know colleges coach, college coaches in the and um, they have a lot on their plate they have a lot of um time this this wasted so just for him to find time to work with myself and you know, work with other other kids on the team. It just shows you how much he cares and love love us. Well, let's let's go back in the time machine. Let's go back to when your first playing uh, playing finding falling in love with football. When when were you like um yeah football me and football we're we're gonna be a thing. Do you remember a a moment a game that really made you say like this is my destiny? Yeah, it's crazy because once I, you know, I started playing football at a very young age. Um, I'll probably say eight or nine. Um, and during that time, I, I really didn't like football. <laughs> it was something that, you know, I, I would ask my mom like, "Why, why are you taking me to practice? Like, why are you leaving me here?" <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I met my best friend there, one of my best friends there, and he, you know, he's the probably the, you know, a good reason why I'm here today. He just, you know, had my back no matter what. And I think that, you know, my freshman year in high school was probably the, you know, a, a moment for me where um, my confidence grew and, and I really fell in love. I remember I remember the game. It was a it was a homecoming game against one of our rival opponents. Um, I believe we were down maybe three points um, fourth quarter. And I, I didn't I didn't I played special teams my my freshman year, um, but I also played like on the freshman team and on varsity I played special teams and we were on kickoff and you know my coach just told me run fast <laughs> just run fast <laughs> down and I ran down on kickoff you know punched the ball out and we got the ball back on like the 10 five yard line and we ended up our offense ended up winning the game and that was just kind of the you know the turning point for me that was the that was my confidence boost it was like you know I can I can really I can really do this if I you know put my mind to it and attack each and every day so and what and was your that's when you started to have that mindset, like yeah, I'm getting after it now. Yeah, that's when it that's when it really started. You know, before before then, I always had a great work great work ethic because of my older brother. Um, my older brother, he played in the you know NFL, and once he got done playing, you know, he was my coach. So he would he would you know he would make me wake up on days I didn't have to do anything to you know do extra work. But you know that that turning moment, it was like you know I was waking him up. You know, it was, mm. you know, it was just that, you know, a big difference. So I'm just glad that I was able able to be put in that position to make the best of the opportunity. 
do, do you do this move that Ward and I have debated many times? Uh, the Shaq Leonard on the Colts. Do you do the punch where you actually punch the ball? Like you you wind up and punch the ball out. Do you do that? Yeah, I try to get I try to get get it all the way back and just try to hit it as, <laughs> as hit as hard as I can. Some, okay, sometimes but, it hurt, sometimes I hurt my knuckles, but yeah. <laughs> and also, you're punching a human being. That can't be legal. How is that legal in the sport of football? Have you ever missed the football and jacked a guy in the side? Yeah, I've definitely missed the football a couple of times. <laughs> listen, I, I, I would, it's legal. Listen, I would hate to be on the on the end of a of a defensive player punching at the ball and missing. So Yeah, no kidding. Did you have football like you said at the beginning as a young kid, you didn't love football. Did you um watch professional football? Were you an NFL guy? Were there guys that you looked up to, or did that not come till later? Oh yeah, like like I mentioned, my brother he was you know he played right. at the University of Tennessee for for some years and he got the chance to play in the league for three years. So I was always around you know his friends and those group of guys. So football was always a big part of my life, especially with my dad playing. Um, right. I just I just didn't know you know my dad he set you know records in high school and my my brother was you know very good and I just didn't know if I could be you know as, as good as them at the time. Right. Um and it. You know, it's definitely something I'm still working towards each and every day. So I'm just who do glad you like, I got Who do you like today in the NFL? Are there guys that you're like, that's a guy that I'd love to pattern my game after or or I'd like to be something like him? Yeah, I think Devin White, he's a he's a dog. He's a he's a ball player. Um, also, I'm also a big fan of Tyron Matthews, you know, back mm-hmm. in the LSU days. Honey and Badger. Back at his time on the um, at the Chiefs and, you know, at, at Houston. And, um, yeah, those, those just a couple guys that I kind of, I kind of like watching playing. You know, those are guys that just fly around and make plays. Now, do you have a certain NFL team you root for? <laughs> yeah, so I'm a I'm a mama's boy. I, man, my mom, she mean the world to me, um, and she she's always been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Okay, so okay. I I gotta go with the Steelers. Back in the day when they had Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, Hans Ward, like Heath Miller, all those guys. Those guys were Antoine Randall. Antoine, yep, those was the guys that I watched. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. glad Pitch- you didn't say the Titans. That's all. That's the only answer I was looking for. I, I gotta say, I think Ward, you may not like this, but I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of those teams that is like one of the easiest teams. If you're not from the city, it's one of the easiest teams to root for. But you know, they're cool. They seem tough. They they're always pretty good. So you you always know you're gonna have a shot. They just seem like a fun team to root for. If I was going to adopt a team, I could see why the Steelers blue collar town in Pittsburgh, you know, I get right, it. Right. Hey, right I, wait. I, got a, I got a question yeah. for you. What, what's, your, what's your favorite NFL team? The Indianapolis Colts who no longer have a football team. It turns out, but I used to like them. My, my favorite team is uh, wherever Whoever. Tom Brady is playing for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like to win. I like my I grew up in St. Louis. By the way, let's also say this. This might be the first time ever on our podcast that the guest has asked us a question. (laughs) (laughs) No one gives a shit about us, but Cam is the man. Um, So, yeah, I I like Tom Brady. You know, I I mean, I don't need to get into the whole history there, but I I like Tom. Don't please don't. Nobody (laughs) mentioned his name Um, twice. Cam, do you like Tom Brady? Listen, he's he's a great player. He he's a winner. You gotta yes. love being around winners. Someone that's successful. Surround yourself around successful people. I love. 
this is phenomenal. All right, before we move on from Memphis, gotta ask, Gus's fried chicken. Top. Come, guess top what? Two, top two and not two. Yes, they got two of them out here. There's two Gus's fried chickens in L.A. Let's go. It's the best. <laughs> I love Gus. Oh, what about barbecue? Are you a barbecue guy? Love barbecue. It's nothing like it back home. What is what is your favorite Memphis barbecue spot? Um, you know, you got Tops, you got Central Barbecue. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of personal owned barbecue places. I feel like there's just so many to choose from that they're all over the place. So it's definitely you could definitely stop at anyone and get you some nice barbecue. And is there like a family member, a friend, or maybe several who are like, no, I make the best barbecue? Like, oh it, yeah, right. It's a big thing. Definitely, definitely. If you ask any male on my and my family, they consider themselves the best barbecue ever. So. <laughs> you know, I, I want this is going to sound like a strange question, but I grew up playing basketball, white Jewish kid from St. Louis, Missouri. Parents weren't going to let me play football. And also, who am I kidding? I was not going to play football. So um, <laughs> basketball, I understand how you get better. You go out, you shoot a bunch of baskets or you dribble the ball. How do you on your own get better at being a football player, you know, especially on the defensive side where it's so much about timing and reading and technique and like tackling somebody. How do you get better at that just on your own? Um, you know, I, it's kind of crazy because um, I, I kind of struggle with that, you know, with that answer as well. And I think that it goes back to the little details, something as simple as um, getting off blocks and hitting the sled maybe. 20 times extra than you would every single day, or, you know, something as, as, as simple as that, or something as, you know, eye discipline or, you know, seeing plays, offensive philosophies and, you know, things like that. Um, wait, yeah. wait, wait, can I stop you there, Cam? Because eye discipline was something that they talked about this last week on the broadcast. They were saying that, that Tom Allen was really on his guys to like be more eye disciplined. What, I don't even know what that means really. Can you explain to us a little bit simplistically what that means? Yeah, so on the defensive side of the ball, you kind of just got to open your eyes and, you know, see everything and then hone in and lock into, you know, one specific thing or one or one key key player that you're supposed to be, um, you know, locked in on. And I think that, you know, offenses, they try to, they try to you know, do anything to get our eyes wrong. And if you let them, if you, you know, let them one split second, then you, you lose. So, I think that, you know, I, I did something that plays a big part on the defensive side of the ball because, you know, if I – one quick second, you know, it, it all can be over with. So um, mm. that's something that we just got to continue to work on. And, it, it like I said, it just goes back to, back to locking in into the little details. Well, and, and to practice that in a week preparing for the next opponent, I can get you watch film and the coaches show you the tendencies of the offense you're about to play – but you have an opportunity to see that from the point of view you're going to be on the field. Is there is there an offensive squad that that is is running some of the the sets and the plays that the opponent's going to, so you can actually see it on the field? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely, our offensive scouts and I like I just want to say I appreciate them so much. Every every single day they give you know they give us a tremendous look and they go out there doing practice and they just you know ball every single play, every single play, and you know if the if the look is not right, then, you know, it, it's kind of our job on the defense to make sure the look is right. So we challenge them as well every single day because, you know, earn shopping's earn. And, you know, they, they, they need to be they need to be at their best so we can be at our best. So it's a it's a working process. It goes hand in hand and we all just in it together. 
just one sorry one follow-up because i'm curious about this process so you get out there you've done all the homework you've you've worked with the scout team you've looked at the film and then the team lines up the other team lines up in a formation you've never seen before like what 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 is it then do you just be like you know in what the defense was called you still know who your guy is and then you're just like okay we're gonna see what happens but i'm locked in on my guy yeah, it kind of just goes back to the initial play. Initial play is just studying the play, and um, and you got to just know what everybody's job on the field is. And I think that that's that that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I challenge younger guys to guys to you know, you know, do that. For instance, Desan, um, he he's a younger guy. He he plays three different positions. And my challenge was to him was, if you know every single position on this field, you will be the best player to ever come out of Indiana. And he and he's done uh-huh. he's done a great job. But, you know, his mindset, just how he attacked every single day. Like, he, he doesn't even seem like a younger guy, but he's done a great job of just understanding our defense and understanding everybody's job. And it makes everybody else's job so much easier because, you know, if you know what you're doing, then the person next to them knows what they're doing and everybody else knows what they're doing. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, Coach Allen can call any single play. And as long as we all know that what we're doing and we're all on the same page, then it's, it's up to us. So. All right, let's go to the recruiting because you were obviously on both sides of the ball, just crushing it. Uh, did you have to make a choice on where you were going to play in college? Like, was that a your choice that I'm going to play offense or I'm going to play defense? Or did that come about in the recruiting process as colleges came and talked to you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of colleges wanted me to play on the offensive side of the ball and a lot, you know, saw me on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and Coach Allen, he, you know, him and his staff, he, they just saw me, <laughs> you know, they, they, they just saw me. They, they saw, you know, the type of player I could be, the potential I have, and, you know, it was a conversation that me and him both had. Um, also, my recruiting, my recruiting coach at the time, and I think that it was a, it was the right decision. It was the best decision. It was a decision that, you know, I, you know, I don't regret at all. Um, but. You know, I think that you know, once you play at this level, you know, you gotta make you gotta make a business decision. Um, and I and I think that playing on the offensive side of the ball was wasn't what was best for me. Um, it may have been, you know, back back in the day, but you know, right now it, it's not. So it, it was definitely a decision that me and him came came about, and I'm just glad that he was able to you know, talk me through it and help me through it. So what was it about Tom Allen? Because when Tom Allen recruited you. Your first year was Tom Allen's second year as a coach. So he was recruiting you really. He probably started recruiting you when he was just defensive coordinator, I would think, at Indiana. What was it about his pitch in Indiana that won you? Because you could have gone to a lot of places. Yes, sir. I think that, you know, for me, I'm a, I'm a guy that I love relationships. I love building relationships with people. And um, relationships go, goes a long way, um, you know, in high school. Uh, I had three different three different head coaches, and it was very tough. Um, just because you know, like sure. you, you, you want to be around around somebody that care for you, and you know, want to be someone around someone that you know want to coach you and just be there with you. So you know, having three head coaches in high school it was very tough. And when Coach Allen just you know approached me and my family, you know, he he, he was different. Um, he was different than many coaches head coaches out here. Um, and and I immediately trusted him. I trusted everything he said. And everything he said has happened. Um, there, there wasn't no no lies, no no anything. Everything that he said happened um, the way it's supposed to happen. And um, 
you know, I commend him from that, you know, just being up front in front of my me and my family. Um, it, it means a lot. So I think that it was just that, you know, the, the first sentence he said, I was like, yeah, he, he's the guy. So wow. he's wow. the guy. So, so you go to where the guy is, Bloomington, Indiana, and I don't know how much time you'd spend outside of Memphis or anything like that, but there's no place in the world like Bloomington, Indiana. Did, did, I mean, since it's clearly it was coach Tom Allen and who he is and what he was saying that got you on board with the program, but then you show up in the greatest city in the world. How, how great was it to just get to know Bloomington and be an IU student? It's crazy to think about because um, it's definitely different. It's definitely different from home, but it's a good difference. And and I say that because um, the people that's here, um, the people that's here, they're they're so welcoming, they're so loving, they're so supporting. And, you know, you don't don't find that in a lot of cities. Um, In this city, you know, they they got our back. They got the student athletes back, you know, no matter what. And let's not talk about the food. Listen, I I'm a big food guy. I love food. So well, no, 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 Cam. Let's talk about the food. What do you mean? Like this, <laughs> this is what, what we, we do, do here. here. <laughs> Listen, big, big Woods definitely a go-to. Crazy Horse definitely a go-to. Um, Saim House definitely a go-to. Okay. Um, so I, I, it's it's a couple food places that I'm pizza. C, C, I know I know y'all don't know about C three. No, we know about it, but we have not been there. We yeah, we know about it. By the way, do people call you C four? <laughs> yes sir yes sir all right that's a good nickname i mean cam's already a nickname right c- <laughs> right, right. goes to c3 though i mean they that c4 c3 yeah no, you know? c- c3 let's talk to c3 about nil yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so c3 is really good yes sir c3 is definitely definitely a good good restaurant to go to c3 seems like you got to be a senior to go to C3. Like, it seems a little more sophisticated. Yeah, you got to go. You got to drive a little you gotta bit. You got to go all dressed up. You got to yeah. go pretty, pretty <laughs> spiffy. <laughs> yeah. It's like where you'll see coaches, like, they'll go and have a meal there. You know, it's not like, you know, Dagwoods or something. Right, right. right now, so have, we have not been there. So when we do end up going, what would you recommend we order? What's what's your go-to there? I believe I got these. I got these. um I want to say they were like chicken tacos, some some Ooh, some type okay. of ta- chicken taco, and it was okay. very it was on the appetizer, it was appetizer menu. But I ordered it three of them. I ordered three, <laughs> so so it, it, it might as well should have been my meal. So. I like it. What about pizza? If you need a pizza, where are you going to get pizza from? Oh, so many different pizza places. I know Greeks is Greeks is definitely a go to. Yeah, um, you know you got Agreed. you got um ah oh, I'm blanking with. Mother Bears? Are you a Mother, mother Bears guy? Mother Bears. Def- just had Mother Bears with my parents the other day. Mother Bears would definitely go too. But yeah, I, I love pizza. Pizza here is always good. And when you're having a cheat day, where are you going to get some dessert from? Dessert? Let's get um, Heart sauce. Yes. Is definitely the place. Heart yes, but the place. let me just caution you about something. This will probably never happen to you. But Ward oh, and I wait, have gone to Hartzell's. Yeah, go wait, ahead. Excuse, excuse me. I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't no. mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. Hartzell's and Bake. Hartzell's and Bake. Yes. 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 That's Ward's place. Bake's my jam. <laughs> yeah, we 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 routinely wind up at Baked at around 2.30 a.m. <laughs> um, But I got to tell you this about Hartzell's. So I love Hartzell's. 
Ward and I have gone there together. I have gone with, I think, my family there. That's all good. Here's what's not good. When your buddy Ward leaves town and you're stuck in Bloomington for one more night, as a 45-year-old guy, don't go to Hartzell's and order the peanut butter sundae (laughs) and just house it in the middle of Kirkwood by yourself on a bench. It's not a good look. People really stare at you strange. No one wants to talk to you. And the authorities are alerted. I'm just telling you, don't do that. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, but Hartzell's is a good place. All right. So so you commit to, to Tom Allen. You commit to Bloomington. You're in Bloomington. You're getting to learn Bloomington. First time you've ever been away from home on your own? Uh, Yes, sir. First time. First time ever been away from home. And 2018 was like... Tom Allen's kind of setting the the stage for what's going to happen. Not a great year, but we win five games, go two and seven mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. You play, you play b- basically immediately, and you play at what I am. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you play at the stinger position. Um, now Husky, I did. Yeah, Husky, I the Husky position in 2018. Okay, what the hell is the difference between Husky and Stinger, and why do they all have weird names? <laughs> So Husky is like the, the the hybrid position, the linebacker safety position. It's the you know it's a it's a linebacker type body, but you know kind of quicker. And the stinger position is more more in the box um, on the weak side. Um, but yeah, so you know 2018, I played behind you know one of the greatest, Marcelino Ball. Yes, he, he, that that guy's he, he he's a he's a different different breed. He's a monster. Um, just a little bit about him. I remember you know freshman year, you know you know when everybody out partying Friday Saturday nights. He called me, you know, I'm in the dorm. I see it was probably like 12 o'clock, almost hitting on one o'clock in the morning. He called me and woke me up and he told me to come outside. I'm like, dude, like, get away from me. <laughs> and, and, he made, and he made me come outside and we, and we went to the indoor and we worked out at one o'clock in the morning. That's how crazy Marcelino Ball is. But he, he's, he's just a guy, his work ethic is insane. So just being able to, you know, have play behind him and, just have that, you know, that guy that, you know, that dominant guy right there in front of me, you know, I, I appreciate him a lot. So. Wow. Well, how, I mean, how weird is it that like when you come in, Marcelino Ball is like, I'm sure you looked at him like he's on a bit of a different level at this point. He's a pro, you know, he feels like a pro. Right. Was that ever intimidating to you? Did did you ever question, can I get to that level? Or did you already have an inner confidence that if I work hard, that's what I'm going to be by the time I leave here? I think that, you know, co- coming in as a freshman, it's always a little, you know, it's, it's always that little gray area. But I think that, you know, having a having a guy like Marcelino just, you know, open arms and welcoming, it, you know, the transition was so, you know, it, it was easy for me. It wasn't easy, but it was, you know, it was different, different than most. Um, So, just, just having him just, you know, working with me every single day. You know, I remember, you know, some days after fall camp, you know, I don't know if you know, but when fall camp in, we don't get done until, you know, maybe 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night. And, wow. You know, we would, you know, we would go watch film, watch the whole practice before, you know, the coaches would watch the practice or, you know, just little things like that. So he was always trying to find ways to, you know, not only get himself better, but me as well, because he knew that it took, you know, it took all of us. So. You know, just just having a guy like that that wants to see everybody win, it it goes a long way. I think about you in this Husky and Stinger mold, and I just wonder, like, it seems so fun 
correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's, it does have to come back to fun to a certain, to be able to be like, okay, you have your assignment, whether it's, you know, more of a zone coverage and you've got this area or this is the guy you've keyed on. But to be in that place where you are able to maneuver yourself quite quickly to wherever the action's at. Do you just really love that ability to basically roam and be a heat-seeking missile? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, you know, sometimes I try to, you know, clear my mind and um, just go back to the old days, you know, when I when I was a kid, just, you know, fly around, <laughs> just fly around and find the ball. And, you know, that's it's kind of what it, you know, it's kind of what it is. You know, you, you know, you have assignments, you have, you know, responsibilities and jobs, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, see ball, hit ball. So, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of how I try to approach it. And, you know, that's how I have fun with it. So. Are these names Husky and Stinger used in other schools or are they just native to Indiana? I think it's just native to Indiana. <laughs> what are the other ones? Think, There's one called a bull, right? Bull? Yeah, bull. We got Husky, Stinger, bull. Um, and those, yeah, those, <laughs> those are those are weird names. Wookie? Is there a Wookie? Can somebody <laughs> no. be a Wookie? I would like that to be a position. <laughs> um, all right. So 2018 ends uh, again. Five and seven, not terrible. Obviously, Indiana kind of setting the stage. 2019 is a pretty special year. You moved to Stinger. Is that because you have physically grown kind of out of that Husky role? Um, I think that, you know, after, you know, after I played Husky, um, we were, I believe, you know, when our safeties got hurt. Um, so my, my next move transition was actually to free safety oh, before wow. I moved to, moved to Stinger. Um, and I played free safety, free safety for a little minute. And I think that, you know, Coach Kane and Coach Allen, they, you know, they just thought that the best move with me, best move would be to the stinger position um, and learn from, you know, um, Raekwon Jones, which was also a great, another great linebacker that came through Indiana, another great leader. Um, so just to be able to, you know, learn from him and learn, learn, learn his style of play and how I can, you know, you know, see myself in that role, um, you know, that. I get, you know, they saw something that I didn't see at the time. But, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast, it's just all about belief, um, belief and patience. So, well, you, in, in this year, I mean, look, you're going to Indiana University and you're very aware that this is a program that has not had the same history as the Penn States and the Michigans and the Ohio States. And when you go there, I have no doubt in your mind, your mindset, Coach Allen's mindset is, well, guess what? We're coming after those guys. But as you're going into a season like this, is there a part of you who's like, yeah, I think we can beat all of these teams? Or, 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 or I, I mean, or is it more like, look, we're going to take it play by play and eventually we're going to do some giant slang? Or where you're like, no, we got these guys this year? I think it, you know, I think it all starts with, with the mindset. Um, you know, if you, if you have the right mindset and you attack every single day, then there's no, you know, there's no there's no doubt about it um and I also believe that you know any team can get beat on any given day um all it takes is for you to mess up and for us to do right so um you know and, that, and that's kind of what I tell the guys you know just you know if you give your all every single play you never know what comes you know no game is ever won or lost on the on the first drive or or the last drive or you know anything like that you know it's a, it's a sequence of events so you just got to keep playing and you know just keep believing and you know just have trust there's a game against UConn early in that year, 2019. I have to think that for a defensive player, this has to be the best thing that could possibly happen. You have your first pick six as an Indiana Hoosier. Walk me through that play. 
and just walk us through how exciting it is to get a pick six if you're a defensive player. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely a moment to, um, that, that most wouldn't, wouldn't understand. Um, you know, I actually wasn't supposed to be playing in that game. So just to, just to you know, get that pick six and just have the team, you know, celebrate with me in the end zone, it, it meant a lot to me. Um, you know, earlier, you know, I would say two weeks before that, I, I believe we played Ball State. Yeah. Uh, first game of the, you know, I, I had a real bad ankle sprain. Um, it was, it was, it was really bad. <laughs> I don't know how I, how I was able to, you know, play in that game. Um, but shout out to um, our head trainer, Jacob. He was able to, you know, he was able to get, you know, countless hours in the treatment room to, you know, get the thing back right, get it back going. So just to be able to come off an injury that, you know, that was supposed to be a, a, a three, three week injury, three to four week injury and, you know, playing in, I want to say two weeks, I believe that was the third game of the yep. season, I believe. Um, so just to be able to make a, make a big play like that and, you know, how the guys rallied behind me, it, it meant a lot to me. Did you, do you think about a touchdown dance celebration? Do you, is that something choreographed in your head? Like if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. And are you thinking that as you're running towards the end zone? Yeah. So before then I didn't, I didn't have anything put, put in my mind. It was just kind of, but now I, I got something that I really want to do when I score a touchdown and I know I'm going to get flags thrown at me. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know if it's what's best for the team. I know Coach Allen, he won't like it. So. Make you sure gotta it's be winning. Late in the you gotta game. be winning. Winning yeah. by a lot. Multiple yeah. scores. <laughs> yeah. Can we get give us a clue? Give us a clue. Is it based on something we would know? Nah, it's it's just a little dance. I like it. Uh, okay. All right. All right. I, I like it. Know, I, I like it. I kind of, I kind of get groovy with it, get low with it. So it's one of get those. low with it. Well, All right. So then that year, just to continue on that year, because it's such, I think, a pivotal year for Indiana football and the Tom Allen era. We go to Nebraska, and we know Nebraska may not be exactly what they've been in years past, but it's still Nebraska, and they still got I don't know four million people who go to those games. Mm-hmm. And we go to Nebraska, and you guys win thirty-eight to thirty-one at Nebraska. It just felt like this is not a game that Indiana has historically won. What it felt like a turning point for the fans. What did it feel like for you guys inside that locker room? Um, you know that that game was definitely one day. You know it was very important to us um, simply because um, you know you know not, not, nothing against Nebraska. You know, congrats to them and their program and you know everything you know that Ben do, but. You know, they, we, we kind of felt, you know, disrespected by them a little bit, you know, by the comments. So, you know, Coach Allen just told us, um, just get the job done. Um, get the job done in a very, very hostile, very electrifying environment. Um, so, I, you know, Nebraska is definitely a stadium that's very electrifying. So, you know, we was able to come out with the win and, you know, the celebration in the locker room, it was, it was unbelievable just to have, you know, everybody there jumping up and down. Coach Allen just, you know, going crazy and, you know, our AD there, um, it was a it was a moment. I do wonder, coming from Memphis, and maybe there are some big rowdy Friday night games there with the home crowd, but getting to the Big Ten level, and whether it be in Bloomington or on the road in some place like Nebraska, I mean, what what does that do for you as a player when there's tens of thousands of people screaming for you or against you? Yeah, it, it kind of seems unreal. It's you know you put yourself, you you know you put yourself in the middle of the stadium and you kind of you know, take take everybody else off the field and you just look up and it's thousands and thousands of people just cheering. It's like, oh wow. Um, 
But it, it's, it's one of those moments that you just have to all, you got to soak it in. You, you know, have to soak it in. You got to all take it in. And you have to enjoy it because, you know, you never know when you'll get that moment again. So just being in an environment like that where, you know, everybody's going crazy, whether, whether they're with us or against us, um, it, you know, that's, that's part of it. Um, it you know, it's, it's definitely big time. A couple weeks later, we play Turdue at Turdue. Now, 2018, we had lost the Oaken Bucket. Here's our chance to get it back. Here's your chance to have your first win. 44 to 41 double overtime victory at Purdue. We win the Oaken Bucket. We finish the season five and four uh, in the Big Ten, which is huge. And it earns us the Gator Bowl, you know, ultimately. But just talk about beating Purdue. You're from Memphis. I would assume you don't know that much when you're a kid about the Indiana Purdue rivalry. But mm. I assume now, in your sophomore year here, you do. What did that game mean? Yeah, so like you said, I, you know, I'm not from here. And, you know, I don't, you know, at the time I didn't really, you know, when I got here, I really didn't understand the rivalry. But, you know, I, I knew that there was one. I knew that there was people before me that, you know, get, you know, they, they care a lot about this game. Um, a lot of alumni, a lot of a lot of my teammates just here, you know, they got boys back on their team. So, you know, when, when I play them, it, it's never for me. You know, it's always about, always about people before me. And, you know, that game was probably one of the most, you know, the biggest game I've ever been in. Just, you know, the, the different plays that, you know, my team was able to make. Um, P. Ram, he, shout out to P. Ram, he, he's a GOAT. Um, and, you know, Michael McFadden, he stepped up and made some big plays in that game as well. So just, just you know, the team being able to rally him, you know, get that win and, you know, holding that bucket up, touching that bucket, uh, taking it from him. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, there's nothing like it. Just that we were, like, as soon as we ran to the go get the bucket, like, go, like, the whole team, and we held it up, and it was ours, and, like, and, and they couldn't do anything about it. So, yeah, I love and, it. And how much fun was it going back to Bloomington after that? Uh, it was so much fun. I believe we, <laughs> we, we, we <laughs> it was a time. It was a time. <laughs> from when we, from when we left, and a couple of days after, it was, it was a time. So. You know, we talk to basketball players all the time about Selection Sunday and that oh, when you're a kid growing up a basketball fan, it's all about making it to the big dance and finding out who you're going to play. Bowl selections, you know, are the equivalent of that, obviously, in the football world. And Indiana just has not been to as many as we all would have liked. But that year, 2019, you get a January bowl game in the Gator Bowl against an SEC historical power in Tennessee. Just how cool was it knowing what you came from, knowing what Indiana was when you got there, when they recruited you, and here you are going to the Gator Bowl in a massive game. Walk us through that experience. It was it was so cool. It was it was a you know, it was definitely, you know, once I found out we was playing Tennessee, I was like, man, you know, I, I could have went to Tennessee. I you know I got best friends that play for play for Tennessee. Um and just going down there and being able to compete you know, against one of the, you know, a, a good team in the country, a great team in the country. You know, it, it was definitely, it was definitely a great feeling. Um, You know, we, we should have won that game. We, yes. we had the game, we had the game in our hands. Um, So it, it's heartbreaking that we didn't come home with the win, but hey, just being able to, you know, compete against those guys, you know, mem memories are, memories are everything. So, you know, it's memories and plays that, you know, me and my friends, we still talk about, you know, in that game to this day. So. Well, and I have to think, a game like that after a season like that, where you're like, I think we're like turning this thing around. I think we're doing what we said we came here to do, but then mm, not quite getting it over the top in that bowl game. 
how does that fuel you going into the the off season and the next season? Uh, it was definitely a it was definitely a, um, a a turning point because we knew that we can get there. You know, we 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 knew that we can get there, um, and we knew we were supposed to win. Um, that was supposed to be our game. So it was that it was just a you know a, a confidence booster. It was a, a you know let's go back to work and let's get the job done. Um, and let's do it again. And you know we're still working. We're still trying to you know, get there and get that win against a, you know, SEC team. Um, I, you know, I can't wait to see who we play, you know, in, in this bowl game. Um, you know, I'm excited because it, it's bound to happen. So. so a couple big things happen in between the Gator Bowl and the start of the next season. The first thing is there's a global pandemic that comes in and it really brings into question whether or not there will even be a football season. And the Big Ten was slow you know, behind the other conferences on deciding when to come back. But the other big thing that happens is you are named team captain uh, going into that 2020 season for the first time. You talked a little bit about how when you came into Indiana, you would not have been a guy that would have ever gone in front of people and spoken a word. You couldn't have paid you to do it. Clearly something has changed in these three years now that you've been at Indiana or going into your third year. What, what do you think it was that evolved for you that, that allowed – the coaches to see and, and your peers, your play, your teammates, that this guy deserves to be captain. How did you make that transformation, Cam? Um, you know, I think that, you know, coming in as a freshman, you know, you, you know, you want to play immediately. You want to have a big role, especially, you know, you know, coming from high school and, you know, you know, making a lot of plays and, you know, my freshman year, um, I'm glad that I was able to, you know, get on the field and just enjoy that experience. And I think my sophomore year, um, you know, I played with a lot of pressure on my shoulders. You know, I wanted to be the best. And, um, you know, it, it kind of took me away from away from the game. It kind of took me away mm -hmm. from, you know, the whole point. Um, it was just, you know, football, 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 which, which is fine. But I think in this life, you also have to find a balance. You have to, have, have to find a balance to where, you know, yeah, it's football when it, you know, it's time to take care of business. But sometimes you need to just, you know, take a step back and, you know, enjoy life, find things that you love. Um, and I think that, you know, after after my sophomore season, you know, that was the that was the kind of turning point for me. Uh, I was able to find things that I love outside of football, which made me attack the game or, you know, attack, you know, attack practice or, you know, in a different way, attack it, you know, 110 percent rather than, you know, only 90 percent and 10 percent of my mind just, you know, not being focused. And I think that was probably the, you know, the biggest difference. And, you know, once I once I learned that for myself, I was able to. Um, you know, like I said, have those uncomfortable conversations with, with my teammates um, because, I, you know, I, I knew that, you know, they may be going through the same thing. Um, it, it may be happening with them as well. So, you know, I was able to pick their brain a little bit and see, you know, see their mindset and see what's going on in their life. And, um, you know, Coach Allen, you know, his challenge to me was, um, you, know, I, you know, I have a voice that can not only affect the, you know, defensive side of the ball, but the offensive side of the ball as well. And, and use it um and you know if you, you know, I, I really didn't you know during the season it's kind of hard to you know talk with the offensive side of the ball because you know we don't see them as much during practice as in you know spring ball or fall camp um because you know they're they're working with their scout team we're working our scout team so um you know he, he just challenged me to you know connect with those guys and you know get those guys all on the same page and you know lead those guys as well if you don't mind me asking what are some of the things you found that you love outside the game of football. 
<laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, being here in Bloomington, the scenery here is great. You know, there's so many, there's so many different parks that you can go to. You can go, you know, so many different trails. And I just found myself, you know, being outside and enjoying nature was something that I love. Um, you know, when 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 the weather's nice, you know, during the spring or summer, I might you know, just go just go take a walk on the trail, you know, throw a couple of rocks in the water or something, you know. Just something to something to just get away and, you know, enjoy enjoy life. So you know, you know, it's it's it, I only because I've gotten into this recently and and done some reading on it. First of all, they talk about like for people that are clinically depressed, like really depressed. One of the things that that is a treatment for it is get out into nature. Mm-hmm. That they find that a lot of people that are depressed shut themselves inside. They're on electronics. They're inside rooms. But being connected to nature helps. It's therapeutic in many ways. And in the the Japanese culture, they call it forest bathing, where you just go out into a forest and just like take it in. My girlfriend, she literally hugs trees. (laughs) That's not a joke. She like when she sees a big tree, she goes and like puts her arms on it. It like connects her to this this thing that is that is mature beyond your years, Cam. That is really cool stuff. Hey, Mr. Ward, don't don't let Mr. Eric fool you. He he hugged trees too. When he <laughs> I'm just using it as my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, that's that's really cool. That's that's amazing. So your name, Team Captain Ward. Did you have something else on that before we move on to 2020? Oh no. Uh, well, no, I mean, I guess this is. I was gonna maybe come back with it later, but maybe this is this is part of it too. You're from Memphis one of the great music cities in all the country is is music something that's there for you too with and without football is that do you do you find inspiration or escape from music oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm a definitely a, a big music guy i love listening to all different types of music um just being able to you know stick stick my headphones in and just you know play something to really get me get me fired up or play something that's just you know, calm down. It's just nice well, to listen give us, to. Come on, give I us think, examples. What I do think. you do? Who do you listen to to get fired up? <laughs> um, I, that's, when I get fired up, I go to my rap artists, like, you know, Lil Durk and, you know, those guys like that. Um, sure. Uh, when I want to, when I want to dance a little bit, I want to sing. I go to my guy, Ed Sharon. He's, he's definitely my, my song, my favorite song by him is shaped by you. So he, yes, he's definitely, okay. he's definitely a great, a great one. Um, great but yeah those those just a couple a couple artists that i like and I if it's time to, to relax people. who do you relax to yeah i kind of try to find you know i no nothing no artist in particular but you know just kind of you know instrumental music is just something that's just very calm um calm and just try to you know work on breathing techniques or something and that's such just something to you know get myself you know calm down are you a movie guy do you watch movies yeah i, I love movies i love movies but it's crazy because I love movies, but I have terrible memory with movies. Like I love watching movies, but I just like sometimes I just you don't, don't remember come. them. I don't. You start watching them again, and you're like, "Wait, I've seen this before." Yeah, <laughs> I've you, definitely done that. Is sure, well, for other reasons. <laughs> do you, do you um do you have a favorite movie of all time, like one that you remember, or are they all favorites because you can't remember any of them? No, nah, I think <laughs> I think my uh my favorite movie movie series or movie collection is probably the Fast and Furious. I love the the whole Fast and Furious. I think that they did Fine. a great job from from um you know obviously seven was the best. I think you know yeah seven, seven. yeah seven seven was the best. But you know those 
those are definitely my my go tos right there. Yeah, those how about, how about you? How about you guys? Y'all movie movie people? I love it. Yo, yeah, Ward Ward. That's what Ward does for a living. He's a movie guy. Movie uh, guy. Yeah. Have you ever seen the film Raising Arizona? No, I never seen Raising Arizona. That is my favorite movie of all time. It's just a. It's like it's a comedy. It's like basically a live action cartoon starring Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter. So if you need a good laugh that's very mm-hmm. heartfelt, Raising Arizona is a good go to. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, go tune into it. If it's not, do it. If it's, if it's, it's not good. good, Mr. Ward, I'm coming back to you. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I, I will. Um, I will fiercely debate you as to why it is. Mine <laughs> is not creative, but it's the right answer. It's Godfather. The Godfather is okay, the best movie. Okay, of all time. okay, okay. It's just that's yeah. a that's a that's a solid choice. Yeah, I mean that's the best movie. Yeah, he, all right. Tom Brady's also his favorite football player. <laughs> you see where this guy operates. <laughs> There's a pattern. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's get to 2020. COVID hits, weird season. How did you keep, weird start to the season, I should say. How did you keep your mind right in just the stop and starting that was happening? We're starting to get ready, then the Big Ten cancels all games and pushes back, and you don't even know if you're going to have a season. How difficult was that for you and your teammates at that time? Um, I think that, you know, it was very difficult. I know that it affected so many people across the world. And, um, you know, it, it was a you know, a sad time, um, you know, very sad time for a lot of people. Um, but I think that as a team, you know, during that time, you know, all we had was each other. You know, all, it was just us. You know, Bloomington kind of looked like a ghost town. It was a ghost town. Nothing nothing was open. No one was here. You, you seen no one. But mm-hmm. all you saw was, you know, the, the guy next to me every single day or, you know, a couple guys next to me every single day. So we just found time to, you know, enjoy each other, found time to, you know, you know, do what we do best is, you know, go back to work and, um, and you know, just kind of, you know, lock in the focus, you know. Uh, COVID, during that time, I, like I said, I, I hate it for so many people, but, you know, it, you know, it, it also was a positive for, you know, for, for many reasons. It just allowed us to lock in and, you know, block out all the noise. Well, you did. <laughs> and 2020 started with the first game of the year, Penn State. Obviously, no fans in or limited fans, I should say, because some families and members and stuff are allowed to come. Uh, just walk us through what you remember about that game. And then, of course, the ending. Uh, I just, you know, I, I remember our, you know, our defense making making some big stops. We made some big stops in that game against a, a great Penn State team. Um, and our offense, they were just so, you know, electrifying. You know, I, I just remember guys on that team like you know, Penix and Fry, and, you know, Wap and, um, you know, you know, those guys and um, Stevie was on that team. Yeah. And, you know, we just had a, we just had a lot of, a lot of ball players. We had a lot of players that, you know, that, that wanted it. Um, and, you know, they made big plays and, you know, big moments. And I just remember, you know, getting, giving our offense, you know, the ball and that drove the field and, you know, Penix made the, the great, the great reach out and we went crazy. <laughs> yeah. We went crazy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Bloomington was definitely it was literally on fire so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, I mean so. look it's it's there are those games and moments that stand the test of time that everybody remembers like where were you what's your story about that game that one is that game I mean that game is such a seminal moment in the history of Indiana University football and especially this era but it is I mean, I remember I was with my family 
watching the end of the game on the phone at a Halloween ride through thing and my kids because because obviously covid shut everything down so we were like in a mall parking lot where you would go and roll down your window and people are throwing <laughs> candy and when in when when Penix hit the pylon i lost my shit i took the candy i'm throwing it i'm throwing it out the window i mean it was just it was such a cathartic moment obviously for you guys the ones that did it meant ever meant everything but for fans of indiana we haven't had many games like that you know, against those teams like Ward was talking about at the beginning. And so you guys doing that gave us a belief that we have not had. I mean, I, I mean, Cam, it it's a special thing that that will stick for a lifetime for many people. And, and when you calculate into what was going on in the world in the time and we're all looking for something to be excited about, and even if it's online to be able to all come together and celebrate and rejoice it was just such a meaningful moment to pull off such an incredible game in which you played quite well i think like seven eight tackles tackle for loss i mean you really got to contribute in one of the all-time great indiana games um is that one where you all leave that game just you you're now a better team and better individual players because you walked away with the win. It wasn't the Tennessee game in the bowl. It was like, and we got the job done. Yeah, I think that that game was the game. You know, that, you know, I don't know if, you know, what would happen if we lost that game, but we, we won that game. And um, you know, that, that was the game that, you know, definitely changed that season. That that was the game that made that season as special as it was. Um, you know, we, you know, we just had the mindset that we will beat you no matter where, when, how you know we, we can go in the parking lot and we you know we will beat you just just <laughs> be ready um and, and that was the mindset that was the mindset that we had that season um and you know it showed I just remember the the old state game where you know we, we were down you know by so many points and at halftime you know we were coming back we almost won the game I believe we was down by a touchdown and I just think about you know if if we would have just got one of those plays back, you know, before the half, the game would have been ours. And, you know, that would have been, you know, very historic. So um, that, that season was definitely special. It was one well, to remember. Yeah. And you beat Michigan that year. Also, you beat Penn state and Michigan, uh, Michigan state also that year. I mean, just an incredible, incredible season. Uh, another crazy special thing that happened that year was you were academic all big 10 that year. Um, what is, what did that mean to you? I mean, it's in a, we always love that because it shows that we've got young men and, and women who are dedicating themselves to being the true definition of student athletes. What did that mean to you? And, and specifically, what did it mean to your parents? It, it meant a lot. Like, you know, that was COVID year. So much, so much was happening. So many different changes, um, you know, and, you know, I, I didn't know how to live through a, you know, through a computer screen or, you know, through Zoom right. or, you know, how to take classes. You know, I'm definitely a guy that, you know, I, you know, I, I'm a note taker. I want to be in front Um, you. I want to be able to, you know, have the opportunity to ask you questions if I can. So, it was, you know, it was something new for me. It was a challenge for me. But like I said, with so much time and, you know, so much, you know, time to lock in and focus, Um, you know, not why not make the best of best of my time? Um, and, it, and it was just, you know, I was able to lock in on school and be able to get my school working. Like you said, my, my parents, they're big on academics. They're, you know, they're always on me. I know my dad, he called me. Almost every day, ask me if I went to class. So, to <laughs> to this day, so. What well, and um, what is, what is your major? What is the focus of your studies? 
Yeah, so I'm a creative industry and management major, a minor in liberal studies. Um, right now, I'm kind of in a you know unique situation that you know nobody's, that I don't think nobody's in. Um, so I, I could have graduated, you know, in the spring. Um, I had 13 hours in the spring, and I could have graduated and finished our 13. But if I would have finished our 13, I would have had to pick up 12 to be eligible for this season. Right, because so you have to get a I new did, degree as a grad I had to get person. A new degree. Right. So um, for the spring, I decided to take 12 and just leave one hour left over for this season. So and I can graduate in December. So my, my situation is very unique and I'm, Wait I'm glad it played out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight because you that was all smart how you all said that. But let's just get this. Let's do the math here. So you in the class year of 2022, 23, you have to take one credit. Yeah, I have to just take one credit. One. What? One credit. What are you yoga? taking? Is it yoga? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I couldn't get in there. It's actually a um, an intro to sport. <laughs> it's an intro to sports communication class, but it's all right. It's definitely, it's definitely pretty chill. So hey, but, it's paying off. You're clearly very good at communicating about yeah, sports. Here we but, are. But also, like, I mean, obviously, you're you're gonna you're gonna be a professional athlete. So you're you're working on your body. You're working on your game. But you can't do that twelve hours a day. What do you do? Are you are, what? I mean, are you just taking a lot of walks in the in the, you've walked every path in Bloomington 20 times? What fills the day? Um yeah, so you know, with a with a with a very um you know uh free schedule, you know, it's kind of hard to fill my time up, but I just kind of you know kind of try to stay in the training room and get my body right. Um extra time and you know, with the film study, I think that, you know, film goes a long way. You can never, you can never get enough of it. So I just kind of, you know, you know, go back to the basics of just, you know, football, football, football. It, right Cam, now. do you think, is it fair to say that this year is really preparing you for this is going to be your job? Like, and you're treating it like your job and kind of taking care of all the things you need to do as a professional would? Yes, sir. Definitely. Definitely. I think that, you know, I, I was actually talking to my mom earlier today and she was, um, she was just like, um, you know, she, you know, she prayed for you know, so long that, you know, I, I didn't have any regrets about coming back um, for the season. I told her, I was like, like, not at all. Like, I don't even, you know, I don't even think about it, you know, and, you know, that's just kind of my mindset, like a work, work mentality every single day. You know, I know this is something that I love, you know, something that I want to do every single day. So, I just my approach to it is you know very different than you know than, than previous years, and I think that you know that that's the way it should be. So I'm just glad that I'm able to able to make the make the best of this opportunity, and you know, and I'm going to. So, and so just going, I'm sorry, I want to go back. Like, so this magical season, right? And we, I mean, it is to to just sort of be like, oh yeah, and we beat Michigan and Michigan State too, and then Rutgers, and then Maryland, and then a place we can't win in basketball either. Wisconsin, you guys went up there and won that. And as this is playing out on a growing national stage, as you take down all these huge traditional powers, there's really starting to be a lot of attention paid to what's going on to Bloomington and what coach Allen, the way he's changed the culture and the fact that he's getting mobbed by his own players, professing their love for him while he's trying to do a sideline interview after a game. How aware of you were you guys, you know, in the locker room that you're creating a national sensation with what you're doing? 
Yeah, so um, it, it's kind of crazy to think about during the time. Um, I don't think, you know, not 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 myself, I can speak for myself, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of the guys on the team, we didn't really realize what we were doing. Um, we didn't really realize how impactful we were to, you know, the Bloomington community and, you know, everybody that was before us and just, just the country. I think that, you know, with the COVID season, everything was just so so honed in. Like, it was just like a bubble. We was just in our bubble. And, you know, and that's that's all we pretty much knew um, at the time. But, you know, now that we're talking about it and then we, you know, looking back at it, like, that was crazy. That, that Yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy season. Um, that was a crazy season to be a part of. Um, and it's definitely one that's always going to be remembered. And I just – Wisconsin on the road, that, I just – just imagine if the fan base was there and we – it would have been it would have been crazy. Yeah, it would have been. I was lucky enough that I got to go down in, in January to the Outback Bowl. Obviously the result was not great, but it was uh the birth of what we like to call board ward, which was I had a flat version of ward printed out that I walked around with. I'm curious, <laughs> do you ever remember seeing me with board ward in in Tampa that year? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do remember seeing you in board work. Cause, cause listen, I um, you know, I followed, I followed you guys, you know, you know, back, back then, and yeah, and I, I knew, I knew who you guys was, and I knew, you know, the type of energy y'all bring every single day. Uh, so uh, it was definitely crazy to see you guys out there. <laughs> board Ward was there to welcome you guys before you got on the buses from the hotel, and Tom <laughs> Allen made a point of coming over, and I would not say he fist bumped Board Ward. <laughs> I would say he punched. More. He punched it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, let's not focus on the game. It was a tough game. Uh, they they came out and played a, a unique style. They play an offense that that had us on our heels that first half. We got things righted in the second half and just look not having Penix and Tuttle threw out his shoulder, you know, and was in, he was a warrior that game, by the way, I saw him after the game oh, in yeah. a sling, like he was a beast. Um, and I want to talk about, about Tuttle a, a little bit, because I know that on the offensive side, it was really him and you uh, like that, that were the leaders coming into this season. Um, but I do want to just talk about 2021 in an overall sense. I don't want to get into any of the specific games. I guess my question is just, and we asked Tom Allen this question too, <laughs> What do you think happened? Like, if if you had now you've got perspective, what did happen there? Um, and it's crazy you say the, the key word perspective. Um, I think that you know a lot a lot of everybody's perspective was was very different. You know, coming off of a 2020 season, you know, with so much expectations and you know, um, you know, high expectations. Um, you know, once when, when something doesn't goes right, you know, it, it kind of affects you know the mindset. And the, you know, I think mindset is everything. And you know, this the during the season. Ah, it's crazy because you know, although you know we you know we weren't bringing home any wins, you know, I I was still I still believe. You know, I had so much belief in the team, and you know, even when you know the season was almost to the end, I didn't. It really didn't process for me that you know we just went two and ten until after the season. I was like, hold on, like what the mm. world just happened? Um, and like I said, it, it's all about mindset. I think that when you have you know, have a guy that has, you know, one one wrong mindset and he's around, you know, these group of friends and these friends are friends with these friends. It's just a domino effect. And it just it just keeps falling. It just keeps falling. Um and I think that, that was probably the the biggest difference in the 20, 2021 season, whether it was guys not 
you know, whether it was injuries or guys not getting enough playing time or just the overall, you know, um, outcome of the game. Um, it, it, it was very – it was very draining. It was very draining for a lot of a lot of players. Do you think that some players, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus here, but this is a human thing. It's very different being the hunter and the hunted. Yeah. And, you know, we were ranked in the top 25 for the first time coming into that season. That's a different mentality. And I think for some people, it's like, do you let your guard down a little bit? Is Are you not as hungry as you once were? Do I doubt you sensed any of that while it was happening, but looking right. back, do you think that maybe that had something to do with it? Yeah. I, look, looking back, I do, I do think that that probably, you know, played a, played a major role into, you know, the preparation or, you know, the overall, you know, work ethic, you know, coming into that season. Um, um, I, I wish there was the, some things that, you know, we could have changed as a group. I could have changed, but you no, know, you know, it's kind of in the past right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely, you know, it, it, yeah, to answer your question, yes, sir, it definitely was. So, well, but, go ahead, Ward. But, oh, sorry, We're, go ahead, Cam. Did you have more? No, you, you, you can go ahead, go, Mr. Ward. Well, don't call Mr. Being... Ward. Don't call Mr. Ward. <laughs> Mr. Ward, it sounds like he should be hosting a PBS show. <laughs> Mr. Ward, Mr. Ward's Science Day. P PBS has no interest in what I have to say. <laughs> Cam, as an unquestioned leader of this team going into this new season, we're now three games deep in, taking the lessons of, of these two very different years, one where you guys exceeded everybody's wildest expectations, and then one where you felt certainly short of, of everybody's and, and your own, where do you come into this season and be like, what is the right mental approach win or loss to 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 meet your own expectations for your last year yeah so you know I, I don't know if you guys noticed or not but you know coach Allen he you know he kind of challenges the team and everybody on the team to you know pick that one word um yep. you know and you know you live by your one word and you know your one word is you know who you who you are who your DNA and um you know, we kind of have a deadline for our one word, and I was kind of the last guy to, you know, turn to my one word because I was like, "What? You know, what? What is my word? You know, what? What is my word going to be this year?" And my word this year, you know, it, you know, it's something so simple. Not my my one word was work, work. And you know, you know, I thought about it. Nobody cares how you feel. Work harder. Nobody, nobody cares that you know. Nobody cares. Nobody cares how you, you know. The team up north, they don't care to, you know, if I'm feeling sore tomorrow or they don't care. They still gonna come and try to try to beat us. Um and it's just kind of the mentality I try to, you know, you know, instill in the guys. Like nobody cares, come to work every single day. Work, work, work. You know, I break everything down on work, work on two, one, two, work. So I just kinda, you know, you know, keep try to keep that mindset that every day is, you know, every day is a new day. Tomorrow yesterday doesn't matter. Um and this this is kind of the mindset that we have as a team right now. Um, you know, I, I watch these guys from the jump, even the guys that, you know, Coach Allen brought in, you know, the, the coaching staff, you know, their, their mindset, their work ethic is, 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 is it's insane. Um, you know, they they challenge, they challenge themselves and they challenge everybody around them each and every day. So just, just to see them be able to come to work every single day and, you know, you know, get better, 1% better each and every day from, you know, January to, to now, you know, that you, you see a difference, you know, you see a difference from January to now. And, you know, that, that shows you something that shows that, 
you know, this team can be special. You know, people on this team can be special. Um, and, you know, we just have to keep getting better every single day, brick by brick. Well, clearly it's working so far. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with Jack Tuttle and what Tuttle means to this football team? I mean, what that guy is going through and the leadership he shows, even in a backup role, is an impressive thing. Can you just talk about, about Jack a little bit? Yeah, man. People people don't understand, you know, uh, you know who Tut is. People don't understand, you know, the behind the scenes work Tut's put in for this team and you know for for himself. Um, he had to take on the role last year that um, a, a very a very tough role. Um, and even in the twenty twenty season, he had to take on a very tough role. Um, he, he's always been the guy that you know you know in those moments to you know step up. And I'm just so proud of him. I'm proud of the way he approached you know every single day. Um, and like coming after the twenty twenty one season, you know, me and Tut, we had you know he actually he actually called me. At the beginning of the beginning of the year, January, he called me probably like 1030 10 at night. He he, he texted me, he was like, hey, uh, FaceTime me right quick. And I FaceTime me, he was like, I want to put together a PowerPoint in front of the team and I you know, I need your help. And it, you know, it was it was his idea to put together the PowerPoint, just our standards, our expectations, you know, our you know, how we how we're gonna approach every single day. That you know, that's what he that he did that. You know, that you know, that wasn't me. I want to take no credit from him. Um so just you know, he, he he's a great leader. He he's a guy that he's very passionate. He's gonna push you every single day. Um, you know, I know during summer workouts when you know guys was bending over or um, you know, felt like they couldn't go no more. You you saw Tut encouraging every single body. He was outworking everybody. And I'm talking about in the weight room and um, conditioning. Like and, and you see it. You know, his, you know his body transformation is 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 insane. Um, so uh, you know, I just try to tell him, you know, keep his head up, just keep going, just be patient. You know, things are gonna fall in line for you. I know it's tough being in his, in his position, and uh, most people couldn't do it. Most people would have gave up if they was him. Yeah. So you know, hat, hats off to hats off to him. I commend him for he, he's a tough he's a tough guy. And um, if, if there's one person that you know I want to be like on the team, it's definitely tough. Mm, wow. Mm. Oh, you know, it's funny when we started this podcast after about doing it for three months, Ward put together a PowerPoint presentation for yep. what he thought hit the standards should be for this podcast. The problem was it was just all pictures of snacks <laughs> yeah. and kittens like, like yeah, really cute kittens. just funny <laughs> pictures, videos. <laughs> and Eric, if there's anybody on this podcast, Eric wants to be like, it's me. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I had to pick, if I had to pick somebody on this podcast that is a regular host, who I'd want to be like, I would pick you, Ward. If I had to pick, I would pick me too. All right, Cam, I want to wrap up with this, man. Look, we started this NIL collective and there's no, there. we've made no, um, you know, qualms about it. We are focused primarily on basketball, but we want to do football deals when they make sense. And, and obviously there's a big part of the fan base that wants to make NIL deals and we're helping with that, but we want to be, there's a lot of people on a football team, so it makes it harder. We're going to be very specific and targeted right now about our football NIL deals. Hopefully that will change soon, but your name came up as we had conversations with coaches and people around the program. They were like, if you want a guy to represent you, you want Cam Jones. That is something that you have made that impact on so many people. And spending the last hour and a half, and even though we made you blow through a commitment of a meeting, um, which probably gets you in trouble, um, it is so clear why you have made that impact. You are everything that any reasonable fan 
would ever want to represent their school as an athlete in any sport. Uh, you are instantly my favorite player in the history of Indiana University football. <laughs> and I want nothing but the best for you and your family and success for you because you deserve it. You're going about it the right way. And you figured out how to take one hour of credits to stretch that over a year. That's just genius. <laughs> but I mean that the way you play the game is so impressive, but the way you carry yourself outside of the game is more impressive. And, and I just am blown away by you and want nothing but the best for you. I'm so proud that you're a Hoosier Hysterics ambassador, but I am more proud that you're a Indiana Hoosier, period. And and we got your back for as long as we can. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, first, I just want to say, you know, thank you for, you know, just having me here, just being able to chop it up with you guys. Um, you know, I know how much, how much Indiana means to you. And um, I, I see y'all, you know, all over, all over social media, just how much fun y'all have. And, you know, I, you know, I want to be a part of it. I want to, you know, I look forward to working with you and just being able to, you know, have these conversations with y'all because, um, you know, it, it means a lot to me. And like I said, building a relationship means a lot to me. So I hope that, you know, we can continue to build a relationship and continue to chop it up and, um, you know, just be there for each other. So just thank you. Thank you for having me. Like, I, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for being here, Cam. And I think I can speak on behalf of all Hoosiers. We're rooting like hell for you this season. We can't wait to see what what each next Saturday has in store. And we know you're always going to bring it. And that's uh, that's a really fun thing to look forward to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. That was our guest. That was our guest. What an impressive young man. I, I am in my feelings, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was in my feelings during the course of that interview, just being so impressed and engaged. Um, what a guy! I, I mean, perfect. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, what what more could you want? I mean, he is present. He is engaged. He curious. takes it seriously. Curious. curious. Yeah, absolutely. Which is such a rare commodity these days. I feel. Mm -hmm. um, but engaged, uh, takes it really seriously, but has a sense of humor, has mm -hmm. some perspective on modest. life. He's clearly very modest. I mean, my God. And this guy is going to be a professional football player, right? Sorry, I coughed. Um, yeah, as far as, I mean, look, he could play for the Colts right now. <laughs> I am just so, I, I mean this. I am, uh, it kind of just all hit me saying goodbye to him. I am so impressed. And I said this to you when we booked the interview, you're going to really like him. Yeah. Right. Like mm -hmm. I had a short conversation with him. We've been texting a lot as we've been talking about setting up the NIL ambassador deal. And I just knew he was impressive. And we had several little talks, but nothing in depth like this. Mm -hmm. But you can just tell he's got that thing immediately where, you know, he's engaged and with you and I am just so impressed. And now I am a Cam Jones fan for life. Yeah, it because and you said it, you know, I'm proud you're uh, a Hoosier hysterics ambassador. I'm more proud that you're an Indiana Hoosier. I echo both of those sentiments. But then to go back to the first one where it's like, you know, 
whoever saw all this NIL stuff coming and our level involvement with it. But um, without without like the, the ego of being like, oh, this is our podcast and we're the Hoosier hysterics and he's but like I'm like, I love being associated with him like yes. that. Like it, I, I am proud of that, that that he's he's followed us close enough that he I mean, he very easily could have said thanks, but no thanks on that. <laughs> no one. money is worth it. But but that somebody <laughs> so impressive as that wants to be associated with us. I'm like, okay, maybe, I mean, yeah, we're idiots, but I guess there is a, a charm to that, even for somebody whose single word for the year is work. Yeah, know? and you know what? Football overall, they, I think by 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 no fault of their own, it is much harder to get to know football players than it is basketball players. And I think that's on a, on a, there's a couple reasons for that. Number one is you never see their faces. Helmets are a big deal. It, it really is like, that's sure. not a, a, that's not a joke. I mean, it's funny, but, but it's absolutely true. It creates a barrier between you and them as a person. 100%. You still root for their number and how hard they hit, you know, mm -hmm. but you do not get a sense of their personality. And two, there's just too many people on the football team. So yeah. it's just the spotlight is spread over 85 people instead of 13 on a basketball team. Totally. And basketball, two or three people really, you know, stir the drink, if you will. In football, it's just so many, you know, it just takes so many. So it's harder. But I... I feel like bad for them because if that's Cam, you know there's other guys on the team too that we would love to get to know. And it's just harder. It's harder to spend the time there. But I am so happy that the people that have given money to Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective, hhnil.com, that have made, made us made it very clear to us that they wanted money to go to football. And so we dedicate that money to strategic football deals. I am so happy that that kid gets the money. Are Absolutely. you kidding? Oh, that yeah. kid, and this kid is not somebody, this young man, he's not a kid. This is a young man. He he doesn't come from wealth. He doesn't come from independent wealth. This money is meaningful to him. And I am so happy that we get to be the conduit to give him the money. That's who you want to have the money. Well, and, and this is a, a man who came back and, you know, we didn't get to specifically ask him this, but I think we know the answer. He came back for Indiana University, for Tom Allen, for his teammates to finish in a way that last year would not have been satisfying for him. Right. He, he wanted to clearly leave this place better than he found it. But when you forego a professional career as a football player for an entire year, when he actually had to work it a little bit. So he didn't graduate. You know what I mean? Like he clearly could have left with his degree and joined the professional ranks. So for him to spend a whole nother year uh, without getting paid in the traditional sense to be able to step in and to fill that gap and, and say, thank you for everything you've done and you're doing. Everybody wins in this situation. Yeah. I, the, the most of which is us as fans, because we get to be exposed to this really special young man who God bless his parents. They did it right. Clearly. And I just, God, I mean, tell me you're not going to watch every game now. And when number four tackles somebody, you're not going to feel even better about it. 
Well, that's right? the crazy thing because already he, he's been that that guy this year. You know, especially on the defensive side of the ball, he's all over it. He's everywhere. He's the guy. Um, but now it's like, hey, that's that's our buddy Cam, and I'm looking at your football jersey, which I already had envy for, but now I'm imagining one that I get that has a number four on it. I know. I want a number four. I may try to get one. I think you can get them now. Um, by the way, this jersey feels so good. It fits like you well. Most, thank you. Most jerseys don't. They're boxy and weird, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. this one, it's really good material. That's It's the Adidas jersey that they put out last year. I think they're still selling them. And this is the jersey we're using, right? The kind of throwback one? Oh, like the mid-'90s one? It does yeah. look like that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I am so impressed. I mean, God damn it, Ward. This was such a good idea that you had to do this podcast because it just connects me in a way that I never even thought possible to love Indiana and Indiana athletics more. It, I do because we learn about these people behind the helmet and, and under the Jersey and that, we just that, get to know them as humans. That's our new series behind, uh, <laughs> behind the, the helmet. helmet, beneath the helmet, <laughs> beneath the helmet. Uh, man, I can't wait for Saturday. It's going to be a huge game at Cincinnati. It's going to be really tough, but love, love Cam Jones. Who's your hysterics? NIL ambassador. Let's beat down those Bearcats. You do the Twitter handle. Oh boy. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics. You spell Hoosier the same way. No, I never say that. <laughs> I'm doing my own thing, bro. No, I'm not your have, parrot. You don't I'm want to ruin it. You don't, yeah, be the monkey. Just spell, just spell Hoosier like you normally would. And then all one word, uh, lowercase is fine. Um, the hysterics comes. There's there's no I, there's no E, but there is the sometimes, sometimes Y. Yeah, you're right. Yours is much catchier. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.